G'day folks, AOS Coach here, and we are doing a little bit of a preview of the World Championships of Warhammer. Uh, there is a massive tournament coming up in a couple of days' time. I guess it depends on when you're watching this. It could be already happening or has already happened. But come the, I think it's the 16th of November, for a couple of days, some of the best players from not only Age of Sigmar, but 40K, Underworlds, and Kill Team will be getting together at Atlanta, Georgia, over in the USA, and they will be competing for glory, I guess, competing for their country at a GW-sponsored but put-on event. Um, and I'm really excited to, to not only be going over there as a tournament organiser and a contributor, but also I'm here with one of my co-judges. You might recognise him. It is Tom Mechens or Tom Megans. Um, I'm sure I've, I've butchered his native tongue, but it's my channel, so I, he, he can tell me how bad I've butchered that in Dutch. But if you don't know who Tom is, you probably do, but if not, uh, Tom is a, uh, well, you're a bit of an influencer, man. You are the head judge when it comes to the AOS Worlds Tournament, which is happens traditionally every year around, what, May, June. Uh, you are a, an active contributor to a wonderful website called AOS FAQs, which really helps, I'm a big fan of. Uh, it's a great website that helps clarify a lot of the great questions and, and interactions that are happening in our game, both core rules and faction rules. But also, as you, as I already mentioned, um, Tom's coming over with me, and we are going to be, I guess, you know, making sure the Age of Sigma tournament at the world championship runs smoothly and everyone has a great time and everyone competes for glory and and does their country with honor uh but before we get into the the discussion tom introduce yourself welcome to the channel yeah thank you uh good morning for me good evening i believe for you very hyped to fly out in uh for me it's in three days i think are you flying out tomorrow fly at less than 24 hours so uh so the thing i'll probably call out here folks is uh tom and i are definitely on borrowed time i'm flying out less than 24 hours from now so uh, i need to go spend time with the wife and the family just to make sure that while i'm away uh you know we got, got all the got all the, the the brownie points and you know the the wife doesn't start looking at other steak in the fridge. You know, she she knows she's got good steak coming back home. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you have to massage it in a little bit, right? So massage it. Oh, I made it like some frozen margaritas. I cooked us and I actually did cook her a steak today, and we you know, made a delicious meal. So just reminding her she's got it good at home, and don't go looking looking over the fence. <laughs> But Tom, um, we are going to do a an overview of the World Championships of Warhammer. Um, we probably could spend hours and hours upon going through every single list, picking out picks, picking out you know what's great, what's not great. But we are here for hours, and my wife will probably kill me and probably start looking over the fence. So we have done some analysis to look at what does the playing field look like. If you're looking at this and you're not going to the, the worlds, you might be thinking, why is this important? I guess what first things first is that be, being that, you know, there's going to be a whole heap of wonderful Age of Sigmar players from across the world, you can get a really good idea of how they're building their lists and get some, maybe some inspiration or, you know, there's, there's some things you can follow along with, you know, unpack. There's a lot of great things anyway. But, um, Tom, why are you excited? Are you excited? Actually, I hope you are. I am. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. I'm not looking for. No, I'm. I'm. I'm very excited. I. Uh, I. I'm. Just, I just hope it's going to be a big celebration of of Warhammer, uh, and then for us, obviously, AOS in particular. Um, 
you know, we've had um, some insights about how the event's going to be run and uh, with a big narrative event going on for 40k, etc. So I just think, uh, like, like I said, I think a big celebration of Warhammer is what I'm hoping for, what I'm expecting to see. Um, we have the same kind of tournament with AOS World Singles, of course, where people fly in from all over the world and sometimes people ex think or expect it to be very cutthroat in environment-wise because it's the best players and they're there to, to win the world championship which will be the same for next week but in the end you know the vibe has always been great uh, a big great atmosphere so i'm just hoping to have that again next week yeah i'm really excited and because we're going to see you know probably some of the most competitive landscape because the the way that these players maybe we kind of rewind because you and i have been quite close uh being event organizers being a part of the team it's not just tom and i there is a uh i'm not going to name everyone just in the off chance that I'm, i shouldn't be naming people but uh if you if you are you know who you are you know thank you for for your contribution to this but the people who are going to the world's championship uh, people who have qualified for an event in their country. Tom, do you want to share maybe a little bit more about the process and, you know, what do you know? Because I certainly, my my event, Sydney GT, did contribute to one of the players. So, um, yeah, what, what can you tell the folks? Right. So um, earlier last year, I believe January or so, like a lot of TOs got a message from GW or an email um, and there was a Warcom article that stated that you could apply for a golden ticket um obviously some of the bigger events in the world that work closely with gw uh, will have a particular budget also for that ticket but most of the time uh, a to could opt to apply for a golden ticket and maybe you know calculate in uh, a flight fee or a budget or whatever for the winner uh, so that they would qualify for a place in the event we're talking about right now uh well obviously like you said we had sydney gt uh, as a golden ticket event uh, last year i had uh, worlds teams and singles uh i had my alliance open team championships um to qualify as well and um, some of my other bigger events were at the start of the year after you know all the news and everything came out so that we weren't able to be qualifiers for that we might be next year but um yeah obviously worlds uh, a was worlds our version of worlds here in, in the eu let's say um uh, have send some french players out because they've uh, they've qualified uh, ronya uh, our swedish uh, champion um, who uh, was able to win a ticket because we had first and second place win the ticket at the singles and for teams uh, team denmark won so they were able to send some players over and the tickets they didn't use would pass down to the second place which was team france so they also were able to uh, we have a big french uh, contingency actually going to uh, the event next week and uh, I believe they're very, very well prepped and ready to go. So uh, yeah, that's kind of how it how it works. I've seen the jerseys; they are definitely yeah. well prepared. I'm actually a little bit inspired, to be honest. I'm like, man, very committed. Um, but yes, yeah, so if, if you are an event organizer, uh, there will I imagine I don't speak for Games Workshop, by the way. Even though I'm going over, please, you know, know that I'm just a, I'm an event organizer, an individual event organizer. I imagine uh, after this particular event, if you are an event organizer and you've run it for a couple of years and you get you know, a good amount of people, I don't know, 50, 70, 100, Games Workshop have their own qualifiers, um, do reach out and, and message them and, um, you know, who knows, you maybe maybe not next year, but certainly the years after as you grow or um, you can get involved in the World Championships, you can fund it, a Games Workshop's not going to fund you, um, 
I took out a small allocation of my prize pool to contribute to my winners. Uh, I know some countries have even banded together and actually uh, the local players have done fundraising to, to send that person over. We've got people coming from the Philippines, from Singapore, from Canada, from obviously America, all over Europe. Uh, it is truly, uh, it's going to be a wonderful celebration and, and it's going to be quite interesting with all of these people who have won big events like Sydney GT was a hundred players, you know, people who have won, you know, uh, frontline gaming events and, you know, big events like these people uh, are well experienced. So it's going to be a fascinating playing field. There shouldn't be many, if any, easy victories. No, we will have players that normally always go 5-0 locally. Now maybe go 0-8 uh, the first couple days. So, cause someone has to. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting. So as you mentioned as well, so there'll be 40K, there will be Underworld, there will be Kill Team. Uh, there'll also be uh, the Grand Narrative. So 40K has a dedicated area where there's, uh, I, I don't know enough about the area and I don't know, uh, I'm not actually involved, but I'm definitely going to go check it out. But I do know from last year that there is, they, the players who play in the, uh, the Grand Narrative do contribute to the stories being written about the 40K universe. Uh, I don't know how, or I don't know if it's a supplement or named characters. I don't know how it all works, but I know that it's a pretty immersive experience. I'm actually really excited, and I hope that Sigma gets to that eventually. I'd love to see, you know, there's, there's been some good narrative events, but I don't think we've seen a truly epic live in the moment, um, which is what they do. They cosplay. They, uh, they, they don't speak to each other like, you know, player on player. It's very immersive, and... Um, I, I, I'm actually really forward to kind of seeing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say too much about the event, of course, because it has to be a surprise for the people that are entering it. But yeah, they'll, they're going to be in for a great event. Yeah. So look, you know, you, Tom and I haven't been to the event. The, um, there was last year a final to the US Open. So this is a, I guess, um, that on steroids. So, uh, and last year was really just the US finals. This is now truly gone um, international, which is really exciting. And, you know, because there's going to be about 90 Age of Sigma players, I don't know how many 40K players, um, placing and, and organizing a tournament is going to be quite difficult. So, Tom, is there anything you want to share on, like, maybe explain how the, the player's journey might look like if you're competing for Age of Sigma? Right. So uh, you you mean a tournament bracket and how it will work? Yeah, yeah. This because this is a little this is a little different than your traditional yes. tournament, right? Where there's like you know you go to a tournament, there's fifty players, we're all competing in this one ladder, and you know the person who goes five and zero or the best performances wins. Right. Yeah. So I, uh, to start off, I hope the players that are coming are will have their gaming stamina on point, because uh, as it says, uh, all the players are split in pools. Uh, I think we're starting up with four pools to begin with, uh, with yes, half yeah. and half European and um, and American players, US players, I should say. Um, and from each pool, two players will go on to the championship bracket. So they've already been pl playing playing five games at that point. Then they will move on to the championship bracket, where they will play three more games, or, well, depending on how their games go, uh, they could ha have one or two more death matches so to speak or um uh yeah whatever you want to call it um and the way the tournament is written is in such a way that even if you lose a game uh you won't be immediately thrown out of contention for the title uh i, I believe last year phil 
uh, Marshall. He uh, lost, I believe, his first game or his second game, but then in the end was able to crawl back up uh, yeah. and get the death match and and win and be the overall best. Uh, he's coming again this year, so hopefully uh, he can repeat. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how it works. So you're playing a, a normal GT, so to speak, but then every one of your games will be like a game four, game five of a GT because you're playing against top level players all five games. I mean, we've all seen. Sometimes we've all seen, you know, Alveo results or Adepticon results or whatever, where a strange player or list somehow gets into the top brackets because, you know, you don't always play the best players at a big event. Well, here it's totally different. You're going to be playing five very difficult matches and then moving on to the championship bracket to play uh, three to seven even more difficult matches. So your gaming stamina really, really has to be on point here because... Um, yeah, you're you're going to be fatigued. The decision fatigue is going to kick in, and uh, I think that's a great way to crown an actual champion. Yeah, so the players are split in Age of Sigma into pools of four, and I will show you. We will show you the pool so you can get an idea of the country representation and who you know. If you, any of your friends or people you might know, uh, you can kind of see the pool in action. In 40k, there is uh, certainly definitely more people coming. So I believe they have eight pods, and maybe one the top winner out of each pod goes to the final. For Age Sigma specifically, it's four groups and uh the the top two are going to go into the finals and one thing i'll call out that you just you know just reinforce what you mentioned when a great player goes to a tournament they're, they're very rarely paired up with really good players someone who of, of equal status until like round three or round four at minimum right every game is going to be incredibly tough because these are people who have won uh, their, their, and when I say their local tournament, I'm not talking a 20 or a 30 player tournament. I'm talking probably 70, 80, 100, maybe more, you know, people who have won the LVO, people who have won CanCon, people who are playing in the worlds, um, who are, you know, incredibly um, skilled. So, it's going to be rough. And when you look at the draw, um, you know, I know when the draw got announced, some of the players looked at it and went, holy, this, this is really tough. There's a real, there's really tough players and there may be no easy win. No, no, probably not. Um, no, I think, uh, like I said, your, your, your decision fatigue is going to kick in after a couple games because you're, you, yeah, you're going to have um, GT finals every round. Yeah, a couple of other things I'll just call out on the right-hand side is um, the the feel from the worlds, or at least the the feeling I'm getting, is that it's much more like an Olympic style where you are going to see uh, less emphasis on the individual player, but more also around your country. And you can see that, you know, paint score is going to come into play, um, faction representation, and someone who does very well may not go 5-0 and or 7-0, or but they do really well with a low performing faction uh, that can earn them points. And that could be the difference between their country being podiumed or not. So I'm, I'm really curious to see not just who does really well individually, but actually via country as well. And it's not just who has the most players representing from their country, which, uh, you know, obviously that means America will win everything because they've got a large proportion being in their, in their, um, their backyard. Yeah, yeah. So it's and it's a good incentive to keep playing, keep performing at the event, even though you might already have lost the crucial game that will take you out of contention later in the tournament or the second game, I should say. Then, um, you know, it, it it will be a good incentive to not drop from the tournament or start, you know, just 
throwing your games or you know being maybe being a little salty because you still have to grab your points for your country yeah yeah absolutely and i and i i'm looking forward to the camaraderie as well of you know people yeah. you know getting together and you know it's probably something that you see at the world's tournament um or any yes. team's tournament where you see individually you know at a traditional tournament it's you versus the world unless you've got your gaming club but now you know countries will come together they'll ban they'll strategize it's going to be interesting yeah uh, and for anyone who wants to follow along, um, there is going to be a blog. Uh, there's going to be live updates on Warhammer community when it happens. Uh, as I mentioned, Thursday, the 16th of November is when it all kicks off. So look on Warcom. Um, the Warhammer on Twitch will also be streaming games. I don't know how many Age of Sigma games. I don't know uh, what the split's going to be. I'm sure they'll have some type of schedule or some type of you know uh, incentives or ideas in the, in the next couple of days. But I do also know that um there's going to be a french and a was it spanish was it spanish spanish that's right there's going to be other channels doing um tournament coverage so uh, even if you don't understand the language uh if there's an age of sigma game mod it could be great to kind of have on on your screen and check them out i don't know the names of the channel by the way but i'm sure when you go onto twitch and you go to the warhammer category you'll probably see them you know loud and clear they'll be very popular streams Yes, that's why they're there. <laughs> uh, and yeah. then, uh, they will, uh, GW themselves will do a 40k and AOS game every round. So you will always be able to watch a 40k and AOS game each round. I'm not sure if it's going to be multiple, but they said they will do at least one. Yeah, I, I'm not making promises, but just know yeah. that there's going to be games. And um, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the stream. And uh, as well, we are going to go through a bunch of the stats. So uh, Tom and I have, have poured through the data and we thought we'd kind of share with you some of the insights and what the competitive landscape looks like both at a very high level but also uh, at, at a grand alliance level which might get you list curious but if you want to kind of get into the weeds and look at what individual like what's that nighthawk list look like and how, what are they building around you can absolutely go into best coast pairings right now uh you can check out all the lists you will need a um an account uh, i believe it's free though you don't need a membership while the event is on but once the event's over i think there is a limited shelf life to how long the lists are available without subscription so feel free to check it out right now go on to best on, on the best coast pairings it's not sponsored it's just how it's being run and uh it's some very interesting lists some very interesting lists that's some very filthy ones oh it's some filthy ones uh, yeah <laughs> the amount of sharks i saw uh yeah, yeah. there's so many sharks there's so many sharks All the sharks Anything you want to mention at this point, or do you want to get into the into the weeds and the good stuff? Uh, what I like seeing reflected is that the last battle scroll for some fact. Uh, wait, let me go back a little bit. I think before a last battle scroll, uh, if some of the data that's in here, if I would have told you that or told you know the the average player that, they would probably not believe you. Uh, for example, the highest represented unit or you know stuff like that. Uh, so I, it's it's fun to see that the last battle scroll kind of. Uh, gave some factions so, uh, a little bit of an uh, of an oomph, uh, which is reflected here in what people are bringing. So that's kind of fun to see. Yeah, and plus the incentive of you know being top top faction and what it brings to the overall score. You will see armies like, for example, Nightmort that aren't doing as well in the meta. Uh, obviously, Skaven and Cruel Boys have gotten a few little boosts. You know, Big War has gotten a boost lately. Um, yep. So, the, so it's very interesting and in what that brings to the ultimate meta where people aren't building around 
how do I handle Gargans? And there's another example, right? What has Dawnbringer's book one and Dawnbringer's book two brought to the party? Uh, because yeah. Cities of Sigma and the Long Hunt Dawnbringer's three wasn't FAQ'd by the time of list submission, um, they are not included. So any Cities of Sigma, there is none, by the way. They would have to be old cities that everything um so so you know new ko the new um explorer force whatever it is from book one and broad stomp from book two um there's some some perlers yeah definitely anything else yeah i think let's just dive in all right let's get into it so uh, what we have here is the country representation where people are coming from. We have 87 players in Age of Sigma. Uh, as I mentioned, because this is not a sponsored event per se, uh, many players either had to pay for themselves and or being you know, comp uh, supplemented from their local communities or their, their TO. So uh, I'm sure, you know, and that's probably where you know, the USA really gets a big benefit. But you are seeing, you know, travelers all over the world from Belgium to Australia to China to, uh, although one of those Chinas is Tom Guan. So he's not traveling so far from China. So, uh, but shout out, like, you know, like you got Singapore, you've got Poland, you've got Scotland, you've got, you've got such a great mix of people coming from across the world. Anything yeah. you want to say there? I think looking at it, I think the, the one Belgium is from my event as well um but I, I obviously the netherlands are not in there we had uh jeffrey our our local uh um AOS world's captain who was able to obtain a ticket but unfortunately he wasn't able to go he wasn't able to pull it off so um yeah some countries missing in there in my opinion but hopefully you know this has to grow in years to come and um hopefully we will see a better i mean 50 50 is actually it's almost 50 50 i believe um i think it's even higher than I anticipated because it's so far away and it's so expensive for a lot of people. So I'm actually pretty pleased with uh, it being a, almost an equal split. But I hope, hopefully, of course, in the, in the future, you'd have more representation from other countries. So I would really like TOs from countries that are not in this list, for example. Even if you're only doing a 32-player event, just apply for that ticket because, you know, we, we want to see more, more nations coming. Yeah, it's a really good point for the smaller communities. And, and you know, when I say smaller, that's not an insult. But, you know, places like Australia are quite easy to get, you know, large events. For some growing markets, like, you know, shout out to the Philippines. Like, I don't know how many players there are in, in Singapore, the Philippines, Japan. As an example, I'm sure there's a lot of smaller European countries that they've got a great little 30-player community. And they've really tapped out. They can't get many more players. Uh, I'm sure growth areas are uh, as valued as, you know, probably some of the harder metrics yeah. for us Westerners like, you know, Canada, USA, uh, England and Australia. But it, it's fascinating. And hopefully, to your point, we see more people um, think about how they start funding this. So they're going to see a lot of streaming. They're going to write, how do I get involved? Maybe some some game stores can do uh, some some crowdfunding sponsorships. Uh, there might be some affiliate marketing coming in where um, you know you, you buy your product from a particular store with a link, and that generates enough cash, and that cash could go to uh, the the golden ticket winner in your country to to make that that journey a lot easier. I'm sure people will start thinking more creatively. I know. Um, one of the 40k players in in Australia, in a, a different part of my world, um, 
their local their local community actually ran like a one day charity event where basically all the money generated from ticket sales and purchases will go to that person to offset the cost. So um, I'm, I'm sure people will work it out, but uh, definitely I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. You got 87 players coming from Australia. Well, sorry, Australia from the world. Uh, <laughs> no, there's only five. There's only five coming from Australia plus myself. But you got 87, oh, 87 players. Coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I only offered one ticket, um, uh, but I think I, I will. I will try to expand that in in um, in multiple years. Um, so 87 players. You can see the spread there, and we will go into a little deeper uh, as we go along. But you can see that it's mostly an even split. You know, death definitely has a smaller representation. So the first number, the the 15, for example, if I point you to death, there is 15 death players, which makes up 17% of the meta. Uh, you can see there, green is your destructions. There's 21 destruction players at 24%. Uh, no surprise, order and chaos are the bigger numbers, but that's also to the fact that they have more uh, factions in their yeah. grand alliance. So that is probably no surprise. Is there anything that you'd call out or any any thought things that you think of at a, at a high level with grand alliances? Yeah, death isn't obviously in a great place right now. Destruction is too. Um, again, I think a couple of months ago, before the new Soulblight and OBR came out, death death percentage would be a lot, lot lower. So uh, it's just fun to see the meta shift and um, see Battle Scrolls, etc. impact the game. So I really love the quarterly updates we have now. Um, and, you know, it's a pretty good split because, you know, with comp order compared to death, the amount of factions you have and players um, might pick factions that are lower representation to get, you know, more points for their country for that with that faction. Uh, I think it's a great split here as, uh, again uh, as well. So, yeah. And uh, it's funny to see uh, some of the, you know, you can see the Seraphon, uh, the, sorry, the, the five-point player. The, the Slon got, got updated, right? It doesn't end at five anymore. So I'm curious to see what the, the 1995 and the 1935, what, what that is now. Maybe a Warband or something that came out. Well, Gits, well, Gits have the Web Spinner Shaman, which is 65 oh, points. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, there's, 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 yeah. There's one. <laughs> but, yes, on the right-hand side, I thought uh, I would do an army list total. And I always find this stat really interesting as someone who plays for the triumph very often my gits really want to get that basically yeah. no battle shock my gargans love the plus one to wound um i i love to be able to do the triumphs for me i really enjoy and i find it fascinating do i take in this particular area do i go for um do i go for an endless spell uh, because i'm going with Dentorian locuses and i've got more wizards in my army do i play for the battle shock and try to get some immunity or do I just fill it up with all the good stuff that I was always going to fill it up? And you can see there that, you know, anything really below 1970, you almost guarantee yourself the triumph. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, good information to have. Definitely. I think the 35 is, is uh, meth mallow. He's very, very low. I think for Gargans as well, you want to be low because uh, if you can deny someone the, uh, the indomitable uh, and you, you turn off inspiring presence, uh, that's a really fun, fun gimmick. So uh, yeah, it's, it's great data to see. And uh, um, it is the question, you know, do I do I chuck in a suffocating grave tide, or am I just gonna go 1960, 1970? Uh, although the grave tide would be handy, and if you see, you'll see later. It goes back to do I take the grave tide, or do I go like do I take the grave tide and I go up against corn, and it yeah. just goes straight no, or do I take it and obviously it's a great horde clear clearer. clearer 
but sacrificed my chance for the triumph. Very yeah. interesting, even just at a very top level kind of analysis. Yeah, definitely. When we kind of break down a little further, um, and you were alluding to this earlier, so um, the players are split into four pods. You will see that it's about 50-50 split with um, with uh, USA and international. So it's never going to be dominated by one particular country. Um, it was a randomized pairing, by the way. So uh, there was no, you know, trying to put in certain factions. I know like IDK players, like you look at group four and Aaron and John alone are two of the, the top performing IDK players, you know, we we weren't we weren't sitting there going I want them to fight to see who the best IDK player is. There's a lot of randomness that happened behind <laughs> the scenes, but it does create some really interesting matchups. Probably some of these are probably harder than others, and um, it, it's you know feel free to screenshot this, folks, and and maybe make your guess on who's going to go through to the finals. But the matchup process is going to be fascinating when you look at some of the names here who represent the country, who have won major tournaments, uh, may have been on you know channels like mine who have done interviews or they're high ranking on you know whether it's Wohammer or ITC. Um, you've got some big names here, and then you know even people like you know Tom Morsley, for example, who you know absolutely been around the community for ages and ages, doing really well. There's some pretty big names here. Yeah. Definitely. I recognize, obviously, a lot of them from Worlds. I don't know all the, all the U.S. players. I know some of them. Uh, I've been involved with Worlds for two years now, so I've at least seen 16 of them. But, uh, yeah, I don't know all of them, so it's it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what they bring to the table and uh, how the Europeans and the uh, the U.S. players will match up. Uh, I hope the, um, the uh, flights and the traveling will not have taken a bigger toll on the EU, Australia, etc. You know, players from all over the world compared to the US players. But yeah, I, you're, I think it's unavoidable. Good question. Like how people are going to, hopefully there's no issues with uh, with flights and things also, like that. But also there is the uh, jet lag and, you know, the the dur endurance of, of all this. There's going to be, again, no, no, no easy games um, when, when you look at the draw. Yeah, definitely. I agree, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to make any comments, by the way, as much as I want to mention like who I might think go through, might go through, <laughs> I'm actually just going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm really looking forward to being surprised. There's probably one thing I'm really looking forward to because there are players in here that I don't know very well. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's just that, you know, for example, I know some of the European countries, for example, they don't use ITC and they use some localized software and it's hard to know who the top player is in Spain who is doing incredibly well from, um, I don't know, Germany or some other country. And I think there's going to be some upsets. There's going to be some player oh, yeah. that we haven't really heard about, much about, and they're going to go in and they're going to surprise, they're going to surprise and take some big scalps. And you're going to go, who is person and, and where do they come from? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think for all the players that will lose more games that they'll win next week, they will feel it as, as, you know, as if it's an upset because they are not used to losing more games than winning. So, okay, so you don't want to make a prediction on players. Who would you predict? Sorry, not who. What faction would, if you had to make a, uh, a prediction, what faction do you think might win the world championship? What army? Not, not, you don't have to name a specific list, but just like if one faction wins. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Gits. I'm gonna pick oh. one. They're near and dear to my heart. There's sure. a couple of play. There's a couple of players who are really highly skilled players. Like for example, I can see Ricky Fisher in. I think it's Group One. Uh, I think it was. I saw. I know Ricky Fisher this particular weekend as we're recording is currently three and zero at the North 
Pacific or Pacific Northwest uh, Masters. So, you know, really good pilot. You Phil Marshall, again, really good pilot with Gits. I think I saw on Twitter recently, um, he literally hadn't dropped a battle tactic in like ages. Like he's just 28, 28ing every single game. Um, But then you've got people, I think it's like Tom Morsley, for example, who um, I think it's Skaven. I think I've seen a couple of Skaven lists, which really surprised me because you wouldn't normally pick Skaven, but they got a new battle tactic. There's been some changes. And I'm noticing some top players with Skaven. And like, what what do you know and what have you done? And are you going to catch people off? Because people are anticipating, you know, how do I beat Corn? How do I beat OBR? How do I beat Zombie Spam? How do I beat uh, new KO with all the gun haulers? How do I handle Gargans with the five-up ward? People are thinking about these Arby's. No one's thinking about Skaven. No. no one's thinking about, you know, Beasts of Chaos. Like, there's going to be some some techie armies that are going to catch people off guard, and I'm all for it. What about yourself? Where do you think? Uh, and by the way, folks, if you are at this point, leave it in the comment section. What faction do you think is yeah. going to win it? I might actually run some polls over the weekend. Um, I'd be curious. Like, yeah, what are what other people thinking? But, Tom, what do you think? Uh, I think uh, looking at some of the players that are bringing it, I think um, Soulblight's going to do very well. Uh, I've, um, yeah, you know, it's very diverse army. And if I'm looking at someone playing five to seven, sorry, seven to, yeah, at least seven or eight games, at least eight games, I think Soulblight is an army that can play eight games, get all their tactics, gets this as well, of course. Um, so, yeah. I'm very curious to see, but I think Soulblight can do is going to do very well still, um, and um, I'm hoping to see Skaven up there or the or the Nighthound players up there. I've I've actually played against the the Skaven list yesterday evening just to see what was up, uh, and it's 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 a weird one, like what it's trying to do. I I can't imagine prepping against Soulblight and OBR like you just said, and then rocking up round one and you're like, so you're bringing what now? <laughs> Yeah, it's going to catch people off guard. I'm going to add one more to my list. I'm going to be greedy because it's my channel. (laughs) Big War. Oh, sure, yeah. I think think the techie armies, uh, if you can get through the brain drain, I think they are in a good position because they've got the tools. Like Iron Jaws, as much as I love them, can be one-dimensional and you either execute your plan perfectly or, you know, you might have a, a real tough time. But also... They're not that complicated. So, like, you've got the the, the uh, endurance to go uh, eight to twelve games. Yeah, good. So, yeah, the destruction again. Okay, I see what you're doing. I'm a I'm a destruction bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm destruction near and dear. I would have loved to have seen new cities and new uh, yeah. FAQ cities and what that would also bring to the party because I think it would also shift the meta. But unfortunately, it missed this particular cutoff. Yeah, uh, probably LVO uh, is going to be the biggest one where we'll see what they can do. Yeah, the first yeah. big event. Um, it would have thrown, you know, and there'll be new flesh of course by then. Hopefully, uh, yeah, who knows? So. Yeah. But what I do know is some of the overall choices. So I'm going to call out a couple of these things, and Tom can um, add his thoughts. But but this is the top choices overall across the entire 87 list submitted. So you can see here the most popular command trait is Shaman of the Chilled Lands. You can also read some of the other more popular ones. You can see the artifact is still uh, the Arcane Tome, but you also have the Space Fold Stave as well as the King of Blades, Ath- Athgar. Um, never, Corn never leaves home without it. 
Battle Regiment was fascinating. I was th this is the one that I was most curious about is the representation between Battle Regiment and Torian Acolytes and Warlord and, and would people be playing for the Battle Regiment? And yes, most people. Surprise. Are, are, well, yeah, it, it is a surprise, but also given that we are in an Entorian locus kind of, you know, sure. wizard wizards, you know, it, the temptation to go Warlord or Command Entourage to get the extra spell going your faction and blizzard and hoarfrost that's also a trade that is very viable right now but the players who are attending uh battle regiment is the clear winner and when you start looking at it at a grand alliance some of them are very favorably like 50 percent 80 percent really high figures people going hard on battle reg yeah a couple I of other quick Sorry, go, go, go ahead. No, 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 keep going, keep going. In a, in a world where, or in an event where core and OBR are so popular, I think the Battle Reg, uh, like they, they, they're not bringing the Locust Battalion for obvious reasons because they want to be a one drop or they don't actually have any wizards except for Bellacore. Uh, I think uh, it's it's not, I think it's probably Battle Regiment throughout, you know, entire, entirety of third. It's probably been on top and never, never been, never been off top probably. No, and you do see the you you do when you start looking at lists, you see battle regiment and battle regiment or battle regiment and Antorian acolytes. So people either going four yeah. drop, two drop, or one drop. Uh, so if you're playing the drop game, I guess it depends on you know what you are going for. But if you weren't going for it, who cares? You might as well go command entourage. Another like if you weren't playing yeah. for one or two drops, then go for as many drops as you need. Yeah, I've, they're not in here, but uh, I, I did see a couple of wizard finders. I don't see them often in the tournaments I organize, but I've I've seen a, quite a few uh, popping up here. So I'm curious to see if they will actually influence the games much. Uh, give me give me a brief second, and I'll tell you how many wizard finders <laughs> there are. Uh, there's three wizard finders in total. Yeah, so yeah I saw three. A I, I I don't see them ever in my only tournaments I organize myself. Two, two are coming from corn and one's coming from big wild so but but oh, what's interesting one. when you start breaking that down one is joel graham who is an incredible australian player uh, noah, no, noah singh is taking wizard finders as well as chai and i think chai if, I, if this is the chai that i know i think he's from the east coast in america and he has done really well over a number mm. of years so again wizard finder of Antor in three really good players hands what do they know and what are they anticipating and how are they going to make the most of it? Questions. Yeah. I mean, in the core list, it's just narrative, obviously, but yeah. It's there for lols. <laughs> uh, a couple of other things. And then, uh, you know, Tom, I'd love your call outs just to, just for anyone who might be listening to this on a podcast or maybe on their train and they can't oh, see, yeah. uh, you know, grand strategy, uh, spellcasting savant is the absolute clear winner. Uh, some interesting endless spells. We talked already about the grave tide and it is the number one, by the way, these are all ranked by the way, top, like most cho chosen to their, like their, uh, you know, grow down uh maelstrom again no surprise spice swarm hive clearly important for your uh your silverness players yeah. uh your trees yeah you've got the bleeding icon like you've got geminids uh, great uh hoarfrost is number one spell so is merciless blizzard death frenzy uh you know skaven don't leave home without it silverneth gets verdict blessing everyone loves that speed of hish on every lumineth player uh corn you know blood sacrifice bronze flesh uh, are all important and then the one that I want to really talk about, and uh, then we'll get into it, is the unit selection. Yeah. There's going to be 280 clan rats, 220 <laughs> zombies. And to be honest, I expected more zombies, if I'm honest. 
180 Moon Clan Stabbers, 145 Plague Sensor Bearers, uh, 140 Boingrop Bounders. There's been a massive shift there, right? People have gone from Hoppers to Boingrop Bounders, and there's units of like units of 15, 15, 15, which is uh, incredible. Your Skinks, your Blood Warriors, your Death Rattle Skellies, you know, you can read the list. So this this is this is the overall top choices. Um, what's your thoughts? What what stands out for you right now? Yeah, so as I as I was alluding to earlier, uh, I think this is a great place where you can see the battle score in work, because if like six weeks ago I would have told you that uh, the Clan West and Plague Sensor Bears were in the top five, um, you know, most to taken units in uh, in the World Championships, you know, you probably wouldn't have believed me. So um, seeing the Clan Rats and the Plague Sensor Bears come up, I believe uh, obviously there are like thirty in each of the um, uh, screaming bell spam lists already so that already makes up for 60 plague sensor bears for example uh, there are probably more plague sensor bears at the event than GW has ever sold uh, uh, because yeah you've you never saw them before well, you saw them before but not but not at uh, at like high caliber players uh, they wouldn't bring skaven much so I think that's a great example uh, zombies yeah makes sense we've been seeing them a lot um, I also expected more that uh, especially because I believe like 100 or 120 of these are from the same French player, uh, Michael. Um, so it's actually just a couple players bringing zombies. The, that also probably is the last battle scroll in play because they got a little bit of a point hike. Uh, and also their support heroes got a point hike. So people switched to Legion of Night a lot, uh, which you can see reflected here. Um, and then Stabus, yeah, well, it makes sense because you're taken by 20s and 40s. Um, I maybe did not expect this many because... You see a lot of lists like take like maybe 20 or may, sometimes 40, but yeah, I don't see them super a lot, but um, you don't see a lot of trolls here, troll lists. Uh, so everyone's taking squigs. So I guess it makes sense that they're using the stabbers, you know, to make sure you can screen a little bit. Um, but yeah, see, so speaking, makes... of, speaking of squigs, like I would have, if you, if I was a betting man, I would have assumed people would take squig yeah. herd over Boingrot bounders. Like I would have put them in my top 10 uh, yeah. over the Boingrots. But what's something that's not on the screen here, which is some of the other underlying data, um, Archelian uh, Alapexes in the Bloodthirsty Shiver, there's 27 of them. Yeah, and they, yeah. they're, they're coming in solos. They're coming in ones. <laughs> like people are taking like six to eight of, of those Sharkies. Um, a couple of other things, like you look Morgast. at... Uh, yeah, some people building around Morgasts, which is incredible. Uh, one that I really wanted to call out was the brute, the brute rages, the brand new Auric um, fanatics. Essentially, there's going to be 24 of them, yeah. and they come in. They come in threes, so you can't obviously you can reinforce them. You can't make them battle line into nines. There's 24 of them, and I don't know if it's because people are testing them or they've already cracked the code. And uh, look, they're great. They're great points. Yeah. But are people gonna like? Are they trying to bring something different? Have they cracked the code? And if people haven't played against them, how do you handle them in like an angels list? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's it's interesting to see the OBR shift to Morgast uh, keeps coming up. Um, they're 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 going for three, sometimes six Immortus, but you see blocks of four Morgast now going into lists a lot more often. I believe Tom Guan is bringing eight Morgast even. So, um, yeah, very interesting to see and uh, a big shift compared to a couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. 
even things like annihilators, for example, and there's not a lot of Stormcast representation, but there's 15 annihilators. Uh, I think that's just, a, I can't remember if they're shield annihilators or if they're, uh, oh, no, no, sorry. There's 15 shield annihilators and then another uh, six with grand hammers. So uh, that, that there's another war scroll uh, adjustment that's happened with points decreases. And even though, again, there's such a small representation of Stormcast, this unit has just clearly won. So yeah. um, super fascinating. Anything else, Tom? Again, you know, we could be here forever. We could dissect this <laughs> so long and we'd be here forever and then my wife would kill me and then I wouldn't make it to the world finals. But anything else you'd notice here? Uh, no, I think this really represents how, how much big wall there's going to be, how much gets there's going to be. Uh, you know, the 84 Gorgrind. Gorgrind is being in the top 10. Um, you know, above some of the chaff units some other armies have is uh, is a very big representation or, or reflection of how many big wall uh, we're going to be seeing on the tables. Yeah, and by the way, there's 22 Morgast Archive yeah, coming. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so there's, an, there's another <laughs> example, right? Like this, there's some really crazy numbers and, we'll, we'll, you know, it'll make more sense as you go along. And if, again, for people who are not going to the World Championships, look at this data and go, what does this mean? You know, do I need to understand blood sacrifice and bronze, bronze flesh a little more? Because I, you know, I might not know it today, but I, I might need to anticipate it in the future. So uh, use this as a early indicator of what might happen in your meta. Now, let's get into some of the, the, the faction stuff and let's look at things at a Grand Alliance level. This is where meat starts getting on the bone. So first things first, we have a death representation and you can see here there are 15 Soul Blight players and not only have I got a, a breakdown of the factions, you can see there's one Flesh Eater Court, one Night Haunt, uh, eight Ossiarch Bone Reaper and five Soul Blight Gravelords, but I've then broken it down into sub-factions. So you can see Hollow Morn is the only Flesh Eater Court, uh, Quicksilver Dead is the only Night Haunt. The shift from OBR really has moved from like your, your Crematorians, which was popular in the last season, has now really shifted to Null Myriad. And you were alluding to this a little bit earlier around uh, Soul Blight Gravelords used to be really popular with Legion of Blood. Now you're starting to see a bit more of a 50-50 split where it's Legion of Blood, Legion of Night, and then your V-Cross is, is still got representation. What are you thinking here at, at this point, Tom? Um, I'm curious to see how the Flesh Eater Courts and Night Hunt players are going to do. The Night Hunt players bringing a uh, double coach, so uh, fitting for this channel. But um, yeah, it's the, the, uh, people always said there's only one coach, but apparently there are two um, in his list. So I'm very curious to see how he's going to do. I, I He's been playing Gargans, I believe, uh, Matthew, the past few months, uh, the, the King Broad, I think. And now he switched to Night Hunt for sp specifically for this event and specifically this list. So either he knows something we don't or he's just going to try and, you know, uh, go for the off meta pick and see if he can surprise people. Uh, and then Hollow Morn, of course, I, I believe it's uh, the Crypt uh, Horror spam or spam, but two big blocks of Crypt Horrors and then being able to... Uh, you know, the recursion in Flesh Eater Courts is still nothing to, you know, you can't ignore that. It's it's so good. You can roll like 10, die, 10 dice if you have a multiple uh, of your heroes and the heroic action and just, you know, get all of them back if someone doesn't wipe the unit. So uh, it's it's tough to chew through. Um, but yeah, very There's curious. 15. There's 15 Crypt Horror. So 18 Crypt Horror, sorry. Yeah, 18, 18, yeah, crypt horror. There's 18 in this list. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, so it's that's that's beefy because uh, that's 36 wounds per block you have to go through. And if you don't, you probably, you either kill them all or you kill nothing because they're all going to come back. Uh, 
which is amazing. So yeah, but like I said, my 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 uh, I hope the, co the double coach is going to do well because I love the model. It's great on the table, and uh, yeah, Matt is a, is a standout guy. So hoping to see him do well, and uh, yeah, I think it it doesn't surprise anyone that OBR is the most represented uh, most represented here. The latest Meta Watch um, stats also still show them as the highest performing faction right now. So it makes sense that at a World Championship they're going to be there. Yeah. Um, the other the other consideration, by the way, is transport. Uh, I imagine yep. taking an army like Sylvaneth or taking like your uh, Nurgle flies, for example, so, an Archeon, like you know, transporting that potentially across uh, international waters can be a nightmare. So I imagine some list choices were actually based off practicality, and they might have won their local tournament with Archeon and Varangard, but transporting across the, the the waters might be a bridge too far, and they've gone something a bit more tame. So. Just another consideration um, for the for the meta we're entering. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't wouldn't want my techless or you know luminous terrain piece uh, on my uh, carry on luggage going through customs because I've heard the horror stories when you go through customs with some like with like Warhammer models, uh, people opening cases upside down and. Oof. Yeah, that, you're, you're triggering me. Uh, let's not talk. Let's not go down that route. Oh, okay. I've got a st I've got a story where I got detained because of my Warhammer oh. and someone doing that. Yeah, we, we won't go into that. But one of the what what I will say is uh, we did talk earlier about the zombies and how many zombies there were going to be. Uh, one of the other tournament organizers, by the way, uh, Tomo, had done an artistic impression of what it might look like if the zombies and the the, the clan rats met together on the table, and this is basically how that battle might look and uh yeah, that's I would... right there in the green shirt yeah that's that's uh <laughs> but uh i i would love to watch that game but also i'll be telling them very quickly to hurry up their games yeah uh, yeah because uh that's an interesting fact actually their their clocks won't be enforced so uh we're i hope the players that are bringing all those rats and zombies have put in their practice because they're gonna have to move fast yeah, yeah. Um, this this particular event has uh, no uh, chess clocks, uh, primarily because the, the the general feeling is that the game should come to a natural conclusion. It doesn't mean that people are going to be taking ten hours, but we also need to trust that the players who are, oh, I hope not, but you know, the, these people again have won their, their their large tournament, so they should be able to pilot this list. Um, uh, and they've probably been practicing on chess clocks anyway. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how, what the impacts look like and if that's a recommendation for the future. But I think right now it's just a consideration. Uh, death trends, by the way. So you can see Dark Acolyte being the top command trait, the Artisan Key being the top artifact, and obviously you can see yeah. you know, Gothazar, Katush, and uh, Morbeg's Claw, probably no surprise, as well as the Cloak of Mists and Shadows. Uh, Battle Regiment, 71% uh, representation in death, which is incredible out of the, the total choices. Uh, you can see Spellcasting Savant being the, the biggest um, grand strategy, but also Empire, Empire of Corpses, which is a, a popular Soul Blight one. Hall Frost Blizzard and the Power Natterite weapons being popular ones. Flaming Weapon I thought was a fascinating choice. Um, I imagine might be on Zombie Dragons, that Vampire Lords on Zombie Dragons, perhaps. Yeah, possibly. I don't, I'm sure. I'm not sure what the Night Hunt player uh, brought in terms of spells, uh, top of my head. But that is a surprising one. You mostly see that in Skaven and stuff like that, but not yeah, necessarily. That kind of caught me off guard you've got a couple of endless spells like there actually wasn't a lot of endless spells if, if you're wondering why these blanks on the screens because it just wasn't uh, a dominant choice or it might have been a whole bunch of like ones they might be like 
one of this, one of that. I'm like, it's not really a trend if one person took it. Uh, but Aethermoid Pendulum, the, uh, the Terminexus and uh, Geminids being the popular endless spells, uh, the Triumph being in inspired for, for 61%. Uh, and then you can see the points kind of fluctuate around the, the 1970 and beyond. No one actually going much lower than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense that Indomitable is the least took Triumph because of the high bravery in death. Uh, I don't think they have any priests at all in the entire faction. Might be mistaken in death. No, no. Nagash used to be one, but... Uh, who knows? So... Maybe there will be a priest coming in Dawnbringer 7. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. So I think all of these, uh, there are no surprises here. I mean, the Geminids could have been almost any general endless spell, and it wouldn't be weird. Uh, I mean, the Mortalis Terminexus is, is in there because one guy took it, uh, the, the Night Home player. Um, so that being in the top three, obviously, you, you, you can see there's only a couple endless spells here. And uh, the points, yeah, death factions are, they used to have a lot of chaff. But actually, all the death factions, their units are pretty expensive now. Like mm -hmm. OBR, I think maybe Mortec are the cheapest, like 140 points or something. Uh, and then, uh, so it's hard to fill up your list very efficiently. Um, well, to your point, actually, I'm just looking at the endless spell choices. There was only four endless spells yeah. total. So uh, I was being generous by putting all three of them on. But yeah, Terminexes and Pendulum was only taken once. So out of the 15 death lists, only four endless spells. And I guess what I really enjoy is why, what's causing that. Is it that the points increases? Is it the fact they don't value endless spells for a certain reason? They're not building into magic or it's just critical spells. Is it the fact of why? Why and what's what's kind of driving this behavior? Um, you know, would yeah. Gravetide be a part of this as well? Like this, again, I imagine people want to get endless spells in, but right now points are tight. Yeah, for death, like all the units are so efficient, so I think they just want to max out on efficiency there, and and then uh, I think a lot of the reasons people take Grave Tide is against death, for example, against zombies or against uh, the skeletons, etc. So um, yeah, uh, it, it not being in here kind of makes sense, I guess. I mean, Gem and Geminids <laughs> being in there does make sense if there's going to be in general one because it's so really good. Geminids is such a good spell. But in saying that, you are seeing more hordes hitting the table. We saw the clan rats. We saw the git stabbers. You know, there's more and more bodies that are yep. coming on the table. So uh, the, you're right. The, it's a great thing for zombies, but also what are the mirror match? Like, what do you do in the mirror? Yep. And is it just zombies on zombies? So, again, this is why, like, picking a winner is going to be so tough because, like, it's just the matchups and who's going to match up where and what does it look like. And, oh, by the way, we don't know the battle plans. And uh, given that there's going to be, what, 8 to 12 games, uh, I'm sure there's going to be multiple battle plans run. Uh, you know, you might you might do double-ups and things like that as well. So it's hard to list Taylor, and but you got to think about um, how you score max points and, you know, you got to be you gotta be flexible because, again, you might be playing the whole battle. You might be playing the whole GHB for all you know. Yeah. <laughs> you might be. You might, might be playing the Towers of Tundra and the Ice Fields for, for all we know. So yeah. um, One thing's for sure. If you win this event, you've earned the title after all those uh, rounds, all the missions, all the, the, the cutthroat players coming, or cutthroat, I shouldn't say that, but com super competitive players coming. Uh, yeah, you've deserved the title of the War Champion. You've, uh, you've done the distance, but uh, who else has done the distance is like, you know, the, the top leader choice, the Catacross coming in, 
basically in every OBR list. I can't remember <laughs> yeah. how many OBR lists there were, but I'll actually be able let me have a quick look. Uh, there was how many OBR lists? There were eight OBR lists. Yeah. That means there's two mad two lads or lasses, mad lad or mad lasses who have not taken Catacross. Uh, have they gone with Arcane the Black? Or the fact that we've got four Arcane the Blacks might mean we're going to have the Catacross yeah. and Arcane lists. So, you know, again, like there's so much interesting stuff here when you start looking at some of the trends. Necromancer, super popular. You know, I, I don't leave death without a Necromancer. Same with the Vampire Lord. Uh, you know, the Leech Cavalos, you know, great for your murder ponies in OBR. Your Bone Shaper has been very popular, same as the Os Effector. Um, the White King is a really interesting choice, you know, in, in some of these lists, you know, something that, you know, and if you do see the White King, often it's the one on Steed. So uh, some really interesting leader choices. Tom, anything you'd add here? Um, no, I'm great to see the Arch region in there, you know, with Fek coming. Uh, only two Manfred. Um, could have been more, perhaps, because I've been seeing Legion of Night do very well. So, um, I, yeah, I could, could have expected, I, I wouldn't expect it to be less Manfreds than or you know the same amount of Manfreds as White Kings, for example. Well, in in saying that, there is two Legion of Blood and two Legion of Night. So, is there a correlation that every uh, every Legion of Night and Legion of uh, Blood have taken their Mortark in, in their lists? So, yeah. um, I, I, I don't imagine there's any list with double Mortark, but you know, there's an assumption there that everyone has taken their Mortark and. I guess it then leads into why and then what they're building around. And again, this is the list explore, exploration that um, really fascinates me. Yeah, yeah. And then Manfred and Legion of Night obviously is, uh, is a big uh, battle tactic machine. So uh, teleporting him around, doing spells, etc., to be outside of uh, Unbinding Range. And so, yeah, it's going to be, that's like death. It's become a very techy army, uh, especially especially Soulblight and, and obviously OBR as well. So, uh, yeah, and the also factor has risen with the with the popular uh, uh, Morgast. Go, you know, the popularity of Morgast going up means the also factor gets taken more too. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. Maybe one call out I'll say with the leaders before I go to units is when General Handbook twenty twenty three came out and we had teleporting Blizzard Wizards. Um, you started to see Soul Blight with Legion of Blood move out and move into legion of night because the ethereal vampire lord on zombie dragon and neferata was an investment that was too great and yeah. you saw a hard shift now that we don't have the teleporting blizzard wizards are we now seeing it shift back to blood because blood is a great ability uh and now you don't have to worry as much about blizzard so have the have the or have people gone to night realize it's too techy and that it's not really for them which is some feedback i've heard and they've just gone back to blood, which is, you know, near and dear to their heart. Yeah, good point. I, I don't know. I'm making I'm making stuff up here at this point. Like, it's just like these are all the assumptions and the ideas no, that are going to be tested. Be. Like, it's, we're going to see them tested. Uh, what, what, for example, you saw the Nagash um, teleport, you know, the Nagash Vampire Lord list, teleporting the Vampire Lord around to do Blizzard with. Uh, obviously, that's gone from the meta now because of the change to uh, to Blizzard. So, uh, yeah, I think that could impact Legion of Night in a way that people will shift maybe towards other sub-factions. But Legion of Night is still very good, but it is techy, so you really need to know what you're doing. And by the Not way, there's, you know no, for there's, other no, armies, but... there's no Nagash while we're talking about Nagash, nope. by the way. So uh... no, no, no. I, There are not a lot of gods at all, I think. Uh, I think that, that there's no Nagash. Is there an Archeon? 
I don't. I, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah, but I don't. I don't sure. recall many god tier. Like I don't remember any Kragnos. I don't remember many many god tier. Um, no, maybe Alario. I don't even. I actually don't think there's even a lot. If anyone, it might be a Marathi. Oh, really? Let's 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 get to it when we get to those yeah. those factions. But again, there's 220 zombies, uh, 100 skellies, grave guard, Mortec guard, really building into battle line. Seeing probably double reinforced in some capacity. Any ones that really stand out for you? We've already called out the Morgast Archai um, being popular yeah. choices. Yeah, yeah, the Archai. Um very popular um no like the sons of felmorn are probably the ones in um ronya's list uh which is a very cool pick because you don't see them often um i think there's no surprises here uh one corpse card that that number would have been way up there if, if this event was a month earlier uh but other than that no surprises I think the felbats are a surprise. Like I don't see oh, really? too many. I don't see a lot. Oh, I of see them a lot many... here locally. Do you? Yeah, because they they can get the battle tactic with the board edges. They're they're fast. They're actually pretty tanky for their points. So uh, yeah, I, I've seen I've seen them a lot here uh, personally. I Could usually see them. Yeah, I, I do. When I see them, they're often in what's Prince Fordry's one, the Castellai. Often I see them in Castellai lists. I don't often see them in other lists. Night night a little bit. But um, at least it's certainly not, you know, in 12. Like, I probably wouldn't have expected as many. But you're, you're right with the battle tactics, getting surround and destroy. These these are great options for your battle tactics. So uh, something might, might be worth considering if you're not running them. The Suns, I, I love that Suns of Elmore. I was talking to yeah. a friend actually literally today. And I'm like, I'm really high on them at the moment. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how Ronya's going to do with them. Cool. And then Gothazar Harvester, Black Coach, no surprise. Uh, the the, the Nighthawk yes. list has a double Black Coach, which is awesome power to you. Um, you are one of my heroes. Not yeah. because of the coach, it's just a bloody great model. And uh, it's a royal shame that it's not used as much as it should. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a, a bead of paint, but a great model. It's, it's a, such a wonderful model. Um, I actually still a little bit upset that you can't use that model in soul black grave lords because the, the it used to be in there and now you know nah, it's not there it's it's transporting yeah. a vampire let me have it yeah <laughs> it's transporting a vampire there's literally yeah. a vampire in the corpse cart why can't it be in my army all right yeah let's Good talk point. ready for ready for chaos all right yes. so let's go to chaos all right the best, so, the best one nah, boo. destruction <laughs> destruction <laughs> So we have 23 players. We have a representation that is uh, interesting, actually. Certainly a few surprises there. You've got two Beasts of Chaos, both being Dark Walkers, seven Blades of Corn, uh, three coming from Gortide, um, two from Reapers of Vengeance. My editing there is clearly poor. Uh, you've got Skullfiend Tribe and the Blood Lord. So two uh, Reapers of Vengeance, one Skullfiend, one Blood Lords, two Disciples of Zinch, and both being Guild of Summon. Uh, you have Magatkin of Nurgle, uh, three of those, one being Befouling Host, two being Blessed Sons. The, the dark horse here is Skaven coming in at six Skaven choices, yeah. and then uh, Slaves to Darkness with three, but two being Knights of the Empty Throne, one being Ravagers. If you ask me, Anthony, who would be the top two Chaos picks in the World Championships, Skaven would not be in my top three. No. May not be in my top five. Here it is, number two. No, 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 true. Definitely not the amount of screaming bells as well. 
Like even if it was Skaven, I wouldn't have expected that. What's your thoughts here? Again, I'm going to, I'm going to keep passing it back to you for, for yeah, your initial. Sure, sure, sure. You know, uh, what do you see here, and what's your thoughts so far? So I'm a Blaze of Corn player myself, actually. So um, yeah, it makes sense. The Gore Tide. I did not expect to be first. I would have expected Reapers to be the first, the top faction for Corn, the most taken faction. I have to say, uh, although you do see the the rise of of Wrathmonger lists, uh, Blood Warriors are, are on the rise again. And I believe some of the top players like Gavin and uh, maybe Noah and Cusper uh, from Denmark, they're all playing uh, some some off well, off meta. I mean, Corn is not really off meta right now, but they're, the, the units they're playing are a little bit off meta where they've taken some of the warbands you don't see a lot or they've taken the Slaves uh, Thedra warband where you can um, get a two-caster in your list for some, some access to extra, extra battle tactics. Uh, so that was very interesting to see for me. So in, in, in the Corn region of of uh, this event i saw some very cool list tech that i'm definitely going to be trying out myself as well um i think zinch guild of summoners has been very popular so i don't see any surprises there um obviously uh caleb with uh with always bringing zinch always bringing the cron spine and uh and, and putting down some chickens everywhere um and then you know like you said the skaven having six skaven more skaven than slaves which has been one of the most popular factions for a while can I just pause on Skaven for a second? I just want to loop sure. back to Blades of Corn, and then I want to get a little bit more into Skaven because it's a fascinating sure. pick. When I look at who's taking Corn, this is what worries me. It's in the hands of Noah Singh, the guy who yeah. won LVO. It's in the hands of James West and Brian Lofton and Gavin Gravin Grieger. They are really good players from the Texas scene. You've yeah. got in the hands of Casper, as you mentioned, top player from Denmark. Uh, again, Chai, I'm pretty sure it's the Chai that I'm thinking of. Uh, again, it's in, it's in his hands. Um, Jonathan Roberts, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. Please uh, introduce yourself. I'd love to meet you. But again, like there's some really good players uh, with, with Blades of Corn. So uh, get scared, Blizzard Wizard friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that could be an, uh, an outside pick. For, I, I know I picked. Uh, I know I picked Soulblight, but actually, Corn uh, could also be an army that goes far. The, the thing with Corn is that I'm a little bit scared of uh, is that that is one of the most techy. Uh, armies and you could get um, decision fatigue from that in an event like this. On the other hand, you know Noah and Gavin are localish; they're from the U.S., so maybe they're you know they, have, they didn't have to travel that far, so um, that that might speak in their favor. So uh, yeah, could be a very um, very big chance of one of them taking it out because they're all terrific players. Can, can I? I'm going to make one more comment before we get back to Skaven. There is a missing faction here that has blown me away. There's no Slanesh. No, no. There's no Slanesh. I don't. I, like, Slanesh is taking a big drop. I know. It wasn't that long ago that we had Blissbarb spam through Pretenders and, you know, the grinding out. Not a single Slanesh player. And I know they've had some changes, but obviously, our Bone Reapers had some changes and they're still being represented highly. No yeah. Slanesh. No, no, indeed. Uh, that's also some, like it's one of was one of the most taken factions at Worlds, which was in uh, in May and June. So you know we're just a couple months later, and suddenly you know they're gone. So um, yeah, very interesting. And um, what what I I didn't expect it. On the other hand, I do think it, it maybe it's just too squishy right now. Like there's a lot of damage in the game, and um, they only really have Blissbarbs at the moment going for them, and, and maybe the Seekers. Um, 
yeah, it's they're in I, a tough spot. I would have still expected one pretenders list. I would have, if, if sure. again, if I was a betting yep. man, I would have expected at least one pretenders list to sneak in, but there's none. Maybe they couldn't make it, but uh, they all went now to let's talk Skaven. Yeah. Now let's talk Skaven. What right. on earth is going on here? Six <laughs> Skaven lists. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you look at the list from Tom and, and Richie, <clears throat> you're going to be even more surprised because they're both bringing uh, a three bells apiece, screaming bells, and a plague furnace, I believe. I believe they have the exact same list. Uh, yes, I believe Tom and Richie both have the exact same list. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any differences. I think it's literally there's a double, fur, double furnace, no double. Yeah. No, one furnace, three bells, I believe. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then what you see a lot now is the Scabic Plague Pack in, in a lot of lists because, you know, being able to turn off an objective for your opponent is, turns out it's really good. Um, who knew? So, yeah, you see that a lot. And then I believe the other lists are also have Plague Sensor Bearers, but they're more like Gracier, a Furman Lord or two, and then um, uh, a Furman Lord or two, and, you know, some Plague Priests, etc., just to really buff up your units and to have the Furman Lords, you know, the take flaming weapon and uh, and just smash stuff basically no yeah, storm feeds i believe right no storm feed lists uh i'm not seeing anything stand no no there was no storm oh, no no no, not, no. I, I don't think I'm, like, I'm looking at the unit choices now i don't think there was any even chosen um, no i i, I that, so that's also a thing like if i did tell you six weeks ago skaven would be here you'd probably expect firma lords or storm fiends i think uh and then not no no i would have gone like spamming of like molder i would have imagined like oh yeah you know, i would imagine like rad ogres if i, I was making if i was a betting man i would have said rad ogres with a master a bunch of master molders and leveraging that cp sure. recursion bring them back that would have been my guess if i was taking skaven but right here we are. yeah yeah we here could we be are. more wrong uh, and then Slaves the Darkness and, you know, a good representation. Again, 12 months ago, everyone was talking about hosts. Hosts of the Everchosen, you know, yeah. you know yeah. Chosen and, you know, uh, Nurgle banners. And, you know, that was, again, here we are now, Knights of the Empty Throne and Ravagers. Uh, and I spoke to the Ravagers player not long ago on the channel. And it's uh, love the list tech when it comes to yeah. building around cultists. So, again, how the world changes in six to 12 months. Yeah, Ravages is really good. Uh, it's underplayed in the way in because I think it's underplayed because they're warbands in a lot of regions in the world are very hard to get. It's very hard to get Splintered Fang. It's very hard to get uh, Corvus Cabal. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons you don't see that, that army more often in general. Uh, and also, um, I mean, there are fantastic models, but just like, for example, Blizzard Archers, they're so detailed. Uh, it takes a while to get them on the table. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. Like it has been hard to get cultists um, yeah, lately. So, uh, yeah, yeah, really tough. So, like we did with death, here's some couple of uh, top choices. So you can see command traits, you know, being firebrand, devious adversary. Uh, obviously, if you're watching this, you can see, you know, there's much many more selections. But this isn't story time with coach. I'm not reading out every single choice. Uh, Arthgar, the uh, the king of blades, being the number one selection. I think of the eight corn list, there was uh, six choices. So very popular. The warpstone charm, um, you know, against them. Some great, great little abilities. But Skaven Brew, I would have expected a little higher given uh, the amount of Skaven we've got. Uh, Battle Regiment. And uh, this was actually quite interesting because of the Grand Alliances, this had the closest uh, representation of Battle Regiment and Warlord. 
So everyone else, it was like Battle Regiment was clearly okay. number one, sure. then Antorian Acolytes. In Chaos, it was Battle Reg and or Warlord. So um, super fascinating there. You have uh, your uh, Arch Corruptors of the Mortal Realm, Spellcasting Savant, and Slaughter of Sorcery being the, 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 the picks for Grand, uh, grand Strategy. Uh, uh, Blizzard, Death Frenzy, Hoarfrost, Levitate. Uh, interesting seeing Levitate kind of s stepping up a little bit. Uh, the popularity of Skaven with Skitter Leap and Rabid Rabid uh, being a no, Rabid Rabid Rabid. Um, you know, again, some interesting uh, endless spells with the Bleeding Icon, Hex Gorges, and the Wrath Axe. Yep. Um, and your prayers, again, some popular prayers. No list being uh, under 1960. And then Bloodthirsty being the, the top uh, triumph for Chaos, given, again, how high their bravery is in most cases, you know, excluding uh skaven and beasts um they're they're, they're not they're not requiring the, the the battle shock immunity no indeed and bloodthirsty for example for beasts of chaos very critical because you know they they rely on their charges and the bloodthirsty they can use in the combat phase when they're trying to charge their bulgors in uh because maybe they drop their bulgors they filled their charge then they can in the combat phase try to charge again with the with the doom Bowl command ability and then they might need bloodthirsty to re-roll it so mm. uh that's one of the texts that they bring um what i find interesting probably the warlord reason the warlord is so high is because corn and skaven the corn and skaven lists and some of the other lists they have so many uh big models and also some of the befouling hosts have so many uh big dudes like they have they bring a girl and a glotkin or they're bringing uh multiple bloodthirsters or they're bringing multiple screaming bells that taking the battle regiment doesn't really make a lot of sense or taking double because you're going to be four or five drops anyway because of all the big dudes so the warlord in corn is very popular or the command in the rush so be sure you can able so you're able to double up on your prayer selections um i think the same goes for the skaven lists that we just discussed they have a lot of priests uh, and a lot of, a lot of wizards as well so they want to want access to both blizzard and death frenzy uh Whore frost and skitter leap etc um, so i think it, it that makes sense here um and i did would not expect to see the soul screen bridge in here unless there are so few endless spells that you know it just got in the top five i actually didn't I didn't see that, but um, yeah, I would have expected that for Seraphon, for example, it makes sense. But in death, two Skaven, two Skaven lists. Okay. So, With so uh, who okay. was it? Ah, and it was Tom and Richie. So Tom and Richie both took the Soul both Scream. Both Rich. Ah, okay. Yeah, because they took the, they, almost literally the exact same list. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's in, again, well, what are they going to do? And uh, what, yep. how, what are they going to teleport? And like again, all these all these great questions start kind of appearing. And uh, are other players expecting it? And it's, obviously, they're great players and they can adapt. But yeah. there's going to be some strategies that people have not seen because you know it's not known. It's been tested underground or just not common in their local communities. No, I I do guarantee you that the players that are coming here, a, a portion of them will already have played against this cave list at the time they came here between list submission and now because. When you see a list like this, you're going to ask your local Skaven player, hey, here's a list. I want you to play this against me right now uh, because what the hell is going on over here? 
especially when it's being piloted by a really good player. Like when you yeah. see a Tom Morsley, for example, uh, picks that Skaven list, you're like, right, I need to understand this really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Let's get onto Tabletop sure. Simulator. Let's go test this out. Uh, just to loop back for a second, so you're talking about the split with Battle Regiment and Warlord, uh, the Battle Regiment, Corn and Magakin of Nurgle were definitely dominating in Battle Reg, yeah. and then with Warlord it was Corn uh, and Skaven dominating yeah. in, in those exactly. selections. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so yeah, very curious to see how this will go. The Acolytes will Siege then, probably, uh, I guess. Um... Uh, the uh, Acolytes, uh, Skaven took four of them. Oh, yeah, of course. They have a lot of the Gracier lists. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, sla uh, one Slaves to Darkness. So that must be the Kabbalist. Was there a Kabbalist? No, yeah, it was Ravagers. No, no, no. No, no, there was no there was no Kabbalist. It was no. two Knights of the Empty Ravagers. Throne and one Ravagers. I was thinking the Ravagers was Kabbalist. No, it's Ravagers. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but interesting. Yeah, yeah very interesting. Uh, and then we start getting into the other choices. So who were the top leader choices? You have Slaughter Priest, probably no supplies. Plague Priest was fascinating, seeing eight Plague Priests, uh, yeah. eight Grey Seers, which is uh, interesting. Blood Secreter, probably no surprise. Uh, the Realm Skirt, the Realm Skirt Ritualist, I really enjoyed the popularity. And I think it's because it's slightly cheaper than the other priests. It kind of sees it, you know, being added. Yeah, the Grey Seer on Screaming Bell, who saw that coming? Yeah, yeah. Above Bellacore and the Bloodthirsters. That's, uh, yeah, very interesting. Um, they're going to be pushed up the table. I know for people that are watching and they're like, what the hell's going on? I've seen the list played a couple times and I've also seen some pictures of deployment and stuff from the army because I've, I've been very interested in how it works. But um, surprisingly, it uses the three screaming bells as a front screen, uh, making it, you know, their minus one to hit because of the Skaven battle trade. Um, and then they also have a five of ward. So, yeah, I think they're for a base save, something like that. So they're surprisingly tanky, and what they're going to do is they're going to make you fight them so that when they try to crack the bell, uh, they can summon a vermin lord. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of the, the idea behind that, and the plague furnace will be more in the back to have the bubble for the uh, immune to battle shock. Um, and yeah, they got so. a big boost in the latest battle scroll because they no longer need a bunch of idiots pushing them, right? Yes. They, and they like, look, yeah, they got cheaper, but like one of the big barriers was other than the fact yeah. that it used to kill the clan rats and stuff. Correct. You, you, <laughs> yeah. Unlike, for example, the Daughters of Cain wizard wagon, where it could just magically move without any steeds or anything, the uh, the Skaven had to be pushed, and if you yeah. killed the clan rats or the bodies around it. It just sat there, and the only yep. way it could move is if it was next to a gnar hole. Uh, but now they've changed that rule. It's gotten a little cheaper. Uh, you, you're starting to see, as you mentioned, the battle scroll kicking into play, which is, again, just great. Yeah, they're, I believe, 180 points now, I want to say. So uh, I'm going to double check that before check I, it. I can be while, wrong on, on Coach's channel. While, while you check that, I'd call out two other things that are really surprising. The return of the Glockin three glockens i i love the glockens rules i love the counter charge abilities didn't expect to see three glockens uh and the other one which is fascinating is the fedra skull scryer yeah, i've seen so. this trend kicking in and you're like it's a good slaves of darkness unit it is in corn all three of them <laughs> were taken in corn so yeah. yes you know, Corn doesn't like magic, but it doesn't stop his allies bringing in magic with them. No, and no. Uh, it's a great way. Yeah, it's it's um, really interesting unit selection. 
Yes, yes. I uh, it's uh, 220 by the way, the bell. So I was wrong. Uh, but that's still very cheap for like the wounds and the ward and the minus one to hit. So it's a great frontal screen. But like, yeah, the Thedra gives a, a cheap unit for blood tithe. Maybe you go through a battle edge. Uh, it gives you the turn one um, uh, magical dominance, which mm-hmm. Korn was really struggling with turn one battle tactics in some of the missions where the you're up to halfway point and you don't really want to blow your um, uh, intimidate very early. Because you know, for corn with the summoning, you could you could be tabled and then turn five summon a unit of flesh hounds uh, from your throne or whatever, just be be it outside of your, your territory and just say, okay, well, I got my turn five battle tactic as well, even though I'm tabled. Um, so you you really want to keep that until the end. So having magical dominance turn one is just big for corn. So that's why you're seeing this tech. And then you know, if the, if that warman dies. It's a blood tithe, so uh, they don't mind. Uh, two, you mean two, right? Because you got a wizard and the yeah, yeah, yeah. But the wizard is separate, right? I think they're probably keeping the, the wizard back yeah. for maybe mystic shielding your 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 big pieces, and then yeah. you also get mystic shield and bronze flesh now, which means you get potential plus to the save on whatever you want to keep alive. So that's pretty big. Uh, and then the Glotkin, I've been seeing uh, come up a lot lately. The counter charge has just been very big in in stopping. Um, some battle tactics. Obviously, I think Glotkin has been going down ever since the book yes. came out. So uh, it finally, started, it's at a point where people are like, started, okay. Does it start at 700 or 800 points? And it's just it's slowly, something? Yeah. yeah, something ridiculous. And it's just slowly gone down that finally the, yeah. the points discounts for for, um, for the Glotkin is. Um, and by the way, uh, Bellacore was being chosen uh, two in Ka- uh, Beast of Chaos, two in Slaves, one in Corn. So just yeah. shows you Bellacore as a Chaos unit in general is just a, a wonderful solo operator. Yeah. Yeah. Fant- and also pr- one of the best models GW has ever done, in my opinion. Um, Bellacore, the... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a fantastic model, uh, but yeah, I think uh, you know if you if you filter out the Skaven units here, it makes sense that this is the top. Maybe except for the Glotkin, uh, you wouldn't see them at the top normally. But you know, the, all these Skaven being in here is just it's fantastic. It's crazy, right? Because you've got 180 clan rats, 145 plague sensor <laughs> yeah. bearers. Uh, you got 70 plague bearers. You've got, uh, as you said, the plague pack. There's um, there's just so many Skaven units. But you're right, like, you know, Furies, I, I love the inclusion of Furies. Again, really cheap uh, way to get battle tactics. Splintered yep. Fang does an incredible amount of damage. It's just that you can't buy them off the shelf. Carrick yep. Acolytes are the, are the, pr- the preferred screens and um, bodies for a, a Zinch army. Rotmire Creed have become really popular in Nurgle. Um, a, a lot of these choices, like Zangor and the, uh, some of their abilities, like, like none, none of these really surprises me other than, like you said, the, just the sheer volume of Skaven on this list. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's something. Uh, and uh, like you said, the, the the others all make sense. But uh, yeah, Clan Rats and Plague Sensor Bears being the top two, is it's insane. Uh, and by the way, the uh, I believe from memory, there's only two Cron Spines in total. And they're both sitting in Zinch. So both uh, Caleb and Carlo, both running the Guild of Summoners, are taking the Cronspine. Cronspine has disappeared from a lot of lists because Rupture changed. Um, Shout out to the legend who took Doomwheel. I'm going to buy you a drink or I need (laughs) a photo or a hug. Uh, Doomwheel, if I could run an army of Doomwheels, I would. Uh, 
the eroding icon being the top, uh, the only choice, by the way, with Slaves to Darkness with their banners, uh, Nurgle and Undivided being the most popular of the Chaos, uh, Slaves to Darkness marks, and then Nullstone Adornments, because who cares? Like, it's they're, they're free if you've got them, but you've seen, as we talked earlier, Corn going into Thedra to get a wizard yep. uh, over a once per game ability like Pouch. Um, so, yeah, I think the help bit is uh, noteworthy because um, I think it's a very good and underrated wash call that did went down. I think that it, that one is 180 mm -hmm. points, I believe now. And um, you know, it has the spell ward uh, on the wash scroll. When you kill it, it can come back. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's. It's really good. It's a really good war scroll, cheap, and it can it can slap a little bit too, uh, and it's anti horde, right? So, talk, we we talked about grave tide before, but this is a great tech to go into the mirror, the zombies, the you know whatever you want to go in because uh, it will do some damage. Outside of issuing its own commands, which it can't, I've yeah. I've, I've always been really impressed with the Hellpit Abomination, and that's why I said to you earlier, like if I was to fix Skaven. I would have assumed it'd be a heavy molder style as opposed to what we're seeing here. So yeah. um, great, great to see the hell pit. Shout out to the hell pit. Yeah, shout out to the hell Like, yeah. I don't want to meet him, but shout out, yeah. Shout out to the hell pit. Anything, anything else you call out on the Chaos Top Choices? I think, um, that, actually, Cause of Karanak kind of caught me off a little bit. I mean, it's a couple of cheap blood tide, you know, it has some good abilities. Um, um, the the reason you can see it now and you haven't seen it before is the same reason for the the splintered fang etc. Uh, the claws came out a couple weeks ago separately. They were only in the Warcry box before, and so now people have been getting their hands on them. And that pregame moving corn is really really good because uh, of course you're going to pregame move, then move, and then murder lusts your opponent because uh, you're mostly most of the time you're very high drops in corn. So it's really good to be across the table and just say, hey, just so you know, you don't have any shooting or magic damage or not enough to do uh, 9 or 10 damage. So I'm just going to... These two units, they are now stuck uh, until your combat phase. And they help you with that. Don't get me wrong. I love the Claws of Karanak, as like with the Unmade. But would I have expected to see the Unmade and the Claws of Karanak being in the top unit selections? Right. No, I, pro I probably wouldn't have picked them. I would have expected maybe Bloodletters to be a little bit higher. I would sure. have picked some. I would have picked some other units that weren't those two. So again, even Unmade, like I would probably would have expect Untamed Beast or some of the other cultists a little higher than uh, and than the Unmade. But good to see them there. Yeah, especially at the, I think the unmade. I've played the Ravagers list for a while. The unmade are probably one of the best warscrolls in the Slaves book for their points. Uh, and then with Ravagers, you're able to when they die, you're able to grab the unit and put them back where you need them, where you need that bubble, um, which is really really good. So you're like, okay, so you're not rallying here anymore. You're not uh, redeploying here anymore because I just put that unit back down, and the bubble is 12 inches. You're putting them down outside of nine, so you're hitting one two or maybe three units with that bubble and if people want to know more about that go check out my video with ben ben hoskins um who he's probably running those units so um you can hear from from firsthand uh how he's making the most of it but uh, i really like the the cultist builds in uh yeah. in ravages really uh, i would like to see more of them yeah great destruction i'm just gonna sit back now and let you do the thing here <laughs> it's all great it's all great if you're a destruction person you are my hero uh so let's let's call out a few things first off no no bone splitters no surprise really um 
what do we got here? We've got big war. We've got, we've got big war at four. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about um, some of the new battle tactics and some of the things that have happened in big war that have really seen it spike in popularity. You've seen uh, gloom spike gits and the king's gits. So there's six kings, uh, six gloom spike gits or king's gits. Um, we mentioned a little earlier. I was a little surprised with this number. I would have expected at least one or two. If you told me there were six uh, gloom spike gits lists. I would have expected at least one or two being a trog off um like glog mega mob or some type of even the the new uh actually no probably not the new dawnbringer trogs but i would have imagined a heavier trog list at least you know how durable they are but nope king's gets is dominating and that's good because it's just consistent across everyone uh blood tooths uh being the popular choice for iron jaws so of the four iron jaws three being blood tooths one being iron suns i probably would have thought iron suns would be the more popular pick uh i mean actually they're a bit 50 50 actually to be honest they're, they're both up there yeah, one crew boys it's also not seeing a lot of squeaker it means you don't see a lot of jobs lot true of jobs. very true very true, because you're, you're seeing a lot of the Boing Grot bounders. Um, yeah. But I, I just would have expected uh, a, a, a Glog's Mega Mob just going around. I would have expected at least one one Trog build. I'm not sure if, if Trogs could go win eight games of Warhammer at an event. Uh, so I think with the people investing so much time and money to go here, especially the, Europe, the, like the non-US players, um, they're just... I'm not sure if that this is an event you're just going to bring your trucks. If don't no no disrespect to trucks, but like I don't think they're the meta pick for gits. No, no, they're not the meta pick pick for gits. But why I say it as well is because they do often do really well. That you you yep. can see outside of like just pure damage from the squeak build, you do see a lot of uh, durability and recursion and yep. just like just just holding the field through like rock guts and things like that. Um, and their low model count as well, perfect for traveling. Um, so, and, and very, very easy on the brain versus what you see with, you know, very heavy list techie type Kings gits and building into, into the wizards and building into some of the, you know, the Gobapalooza, the Snufflers, like some of the heavy tech armies, but, uh, well, so you got one crew boy, um, I'm not sure what I expected with crew boys. Like I, I'm, I'm glad to see it represented. Uh, yeah. I probably wouldn't have expected too many cruel boys. I don't think they'd like, but meat fist, there's four ogre lists, all meat fist. Um, and then two sons of behemoth, both being King broad stomp. And that doesn't surprise me in the least. The, uh, the new King broad stomp is great. It's been clarified. You can't teleport your gargants anymore with the new rules. Uh, the grand strategy has changed a little bit now. It's still hard. It's not yeah. unachievable like it was. And you will notice when you get into grand strategies, they everyone has, I think both lists abandoned the new grand strategy. Yeah, I've gone with just like overshadow or just something that's not that uh, claim five uh, terrain features outside your territory, which is just very difficult in, in in some situations where you know territories are really small yeah and you don't know the table layout so um yeah, yeah it's difficult i actually won a gt last weekend with gargans um where i took three gate breakers and the gitch regiment uh in uh in a gate in the breaker tribe so uh which is also pretty good so i think gargans they, they do have some play uh and they are 
maybe difficult to transport but if if i was going to play like 12 uh, well i mean with because of the size right if i was going to play 10 games of warhammer in a weekend gargants would be a good one to pick well i took my i took my gargants to lvo and i took three megas three smalls mm-hmm. uh no, not a single issue in my carry-on okay. i think i think i could do four it's a great army okay. to transport and it you'll you'll go the the, the distance um but you look at like the as we mentioned a little earlier around uh gloom spike gits you know it's also in the hands of some really good players and there's no disrespect to the other factions but you know ricky fisher oh. uh phil marshall matthew davis um even though like dale and chris and joran like all all six of those players are really good players so uh very techie armies i call that earlier my top picks it's the techie armies i think if you can uh adapt and respond to your opponent the techie armies have the the greatest potential for the win corn gets yada 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 yeah one thing that surprised me here was no boulder head no yes. taking like, no one giving love to the stone horns which i did see a lot yes and no like I, they've dropped off in popularity and uh, i literally just had a conversation with one of the meat fist players uh carlson carlson and uh we were talking a lot about it and you know, i think you'll see that all of those ogre players have a uh, stone horn sure, because they course. want that monstrous rampage but are people taking armies of you know beast riders stone horns thunder tusks that's really dropped off in popularity and you haven't really seen them do well competitively this season so um i i love the fact that of the four ogre more tribes all four of them are meat fist like again yeah wouldn't have picked it no no and a year not... ago we we're, were all scared of the uh iron blaster spam so uh we've got oh, a lot God. more from there yeah no no blar and, and iron blaster spam <laughs> oh yuck so what are some of the top traits here so you've got your command traits being uh hulking brute clammy hand um artifacts being destroyer uh, arcane tome glow, glow and tattoos i hate that i hate that artifact and it's on that <laughs> we should keep prophet. track next week how many wargog mortals we're gonna get oh, good lord uh <laughs> your gruesome trophy rack moonface momet love that particular glowy house it uh your, your battle regimen and taurine acolytes uh are your top two battalions iron jaws iron fist making a third which is wonderful uh, yep. Wa being the most popular grand strategy and chasing Demoon, both really easy ones to score for Destro. Uh, Horfrost, a great green hand of Gork and the hand of Gork. So uh, some, some teleport shenanigans as well as Itchy Nuisance, Cloud, Choking Mist, a great uh, Cruel Boys endless, uh, cruel boy spell. What else? No prayers, obviously. Your Geminids, your Scuttle Tide and your Suffocating Grave Tide being uh, popular, air quote that and a much more uh, spread out set of points. You're seeing the 1930s, the 1940s, people playing for the triumph and uh, inspired being the, the top pick at 55% in Destro. Yeah, I think this is one of the sub the sub allegiances that say the allegiances that um, suffered from the Merciless Blizzard change because you don't see the Madcap Blizzard teleport anymore. So you see it here, uh, not in the top, three of spells luckily um so yeah but other than that i mean kind of makes sense and warg yeah it's just the go-to for a lot of the um the orc based armies let's say well your sons can't take them so we ignore that 
yeah you've got your your cruel boys i mean they've got great spells anyway so you know do they need blizzard they've already got a, a oh. industrial matter mortal wounds from bolt boys they don't need to wait for you to come into 12. your iron jaws probably always chasing their their piggies and like it can be hard uh, i don't think there's a lot of new art boys i don't remember seeing a lot of the new art boy units i think you're seeing no. brutes and pigs and things like you, yeah. you saw pigs being so gougers i did see some gougers yep yep uh obviously gits is, is doing the heavy lifting with blizzard yeah 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 even still yeah and uh i think horfrost has horfrost been in the top three for all i believe so right for all the allegiances i mean makes sense yes yeah yeah i'm pretty sure it was i can quickly fact check that in a second but i'm pretty sure hoarfrost is definitely in the top three and it's a great spell it's a low casting yeah. value it has so much great utility whether you need the the hit the wound or the rend yeah. um and there's so many units just benefit from hoarfrost so yeah in uh in death it was a top pick uh i was going to assume it's a topic in all of them because yeah, i'm pretty yeah, sure I it think was so. And, and I think a quick shout out in the spells. A lot of players are bringing gobsprack. And so what's not in here is, for example, Nasty Hacks uh, turning off wards, which uh, if players would have to pick it, would probably be in, in these spells as well. Another good example is you've probably got Scrag Rock the Loon King in a lot of these units. And he knows the entire spell law for Gits. Yeah, so exactly. uh, Itchy Nuisance is represented well, Hand of Gork. If Scraggy had to pick Hand of Gork, which he often does, that probably you know is much higher exactly. so good good call out with both both uh gobsprack and scraggy yeah well, i call that scraggy you call that you did <laughs> <laughs> and from from a unit choice so you, what do you got there the auric war channel again no surprise very popular your weird knob shaman again really popular both in your uh your iron jaws and your big was scraggy scraggy being a top choice which is great mega boss or more crusher fun gatebreaker love that enough points discount that uh as you said a lot of the suns players will take um two gatebreakers because they can afford it now yeah yeah two gatebreakers king broad and then maybe three little guys or the war stomper uh, yeah for as far as tech goes in gargants that's probably it uh you know picking which ones based on the meta and i think the gatebreaker has the the highest average output of all the uh, gargants yes yeah it does especially because yeah. you can't put a flaming weapon on the uh the wall stomper and uh yeah, i love the gatebreaker because i if, if i'm stuck in a pickle let's say i'm in that ethereal vampire lord on zombie dragon or something i'm just like completely debuffed to the night yeah. i can just go four plus 46 <laughs> mortal wounds and it's one attack i'm not wasting my time yeah, I took off a Lumineth cow with that, who was like on plus two to save, ignoring rent two. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Four up. <laughs> You're dead. In one, in one game, I uh, I annihilated Ethereal Vampire on Zombie Dragon, and then literally the next turn, I annihilated Neferata. Like, oh. first one I failed, then hit the second, hit the third, and it was glorious. That doesn't always happen like that. No, 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 uh, no, no. You, no, definitely. Couple couple of surprises in here uh i mean the tyrant being popular is no surprise because of meat fist but it's still surprised being in the top five again you you'd never pick it and uh and the fire bellies yeah, again if you listen to my carson discussion talked very uh, very highly of the fire belly yep here it is great pick yeah yeah wouldn't have surprised wouldn't have uh, expected that so high 
indeed. Anything you'd call out here? I mean, uh, the the Wargog Prophet popular, Gobsprack popular. Actually, I probably would have expected more Gobspracks, to be honest, with the amount of what there was four was there four big war and four big war and four, and one cruel boy. I would imagine that would have been five. Five out of five, I would have yeah, imagined. Yeah, as, as that wouldn't have surprised me at all. I agree. Mm. No. Um, I actually expected more big war, to be honest, uh, in total. But um, yeah, I, I would expect Gobsprack to be in almost all of them. Although I've seen one of our local players also you know, taking it out and opting for gougers and just going for more mobility and, uh, and, and some damage here and there. So yeah, maybe there is, there's a shift going on. I will be interested to see if people can handle the DPS check of uh, of Suns. You know, two two really good pilots in Tyler Bushy and Christopher Schelling, um, both very experienced Gargan players. So in the hands of them, um, with the five up ward, you know, with with um, with King Broad being able to heal and do these other things, I'm really people seem to have forgotten about them because they don't have you know Hoarfrost and Blizzard. Yeah. still great and uh they do really well sitting on circles yeah yeah and with all due respect um decision fatigue you know it's probably the army you're going to get the least problems with that during the event not that it's, it's easy to pilot because it's not because your target selection has to be on point gargans is knowing your opponent's army more than it's knowing your own army uh that's what i found out last weekend and um uh but like I said, if I had to bring an army to such a big or long tournament, you know, Gargans would probably give you an edge on that regard. Tom, at LVO, I went 4-1 with Gargans. I went to bed at 4 o'clock every morning and woke <laughs> up at like 8 o'clock in the morning and still went 4-1. Not because they're powerful, because they are so easy to pilot. It's like, oh, you can teleport? I don't care. Got some spells. Yeah, sure. I got one I, got one yeah. I can unbuy with sure, no plus. Sure. I don't care. Yeah. Like, yeah. Decision yeah. Rob, fatigue Rob is like... Me. He, uh, he's, Rob saw that I won the GT, but it's uh, from Alliance Open. So he said, oh, Tom won his own GT. But I I, I brought Gargans to the GT because uh, I get a lot of rules questions at every event I go to. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to bring the Gargans. And then I, I have the time to sometimes walk away uh, and, and answer a rules question. And then Rob ridiculed me because he said, you know, I put all the three guys in an objective and I'd just be like, well, I'm going to walk around the tables. <laughs> Tell me when you're done with uh, with your turn. And, uh, oh, they're not dead. Uh, so, yeah, the, the DPS check is something. But I do think there's a lot of damage in the meta. So uh... there, there, there is, there is. But uh, people are building around bringing them down. So I think, yeah, uh, yeah interesting. Yeah, so Unit choices. Again, we talked stabbers. We talked boy and grunts. We talked uh, gore grunters already. Things like gut rippers. Again, you know, 70 gut rippers is uh, is very surprising. A lot of gluttons. Um, again, um, some interesting choices. Uh, the Gobapalooza being a specialist unit, funnily enough, having high representation. The Iron Guts. Um, something for me that really stood out was um, the Spore Splatter. Not Spore Splatter. Uh, it should be 2020 20 anyway. Um, Loon Smasher Fanatics. 20 of them. Yeah. That either people are taking units of 10, and I have seen a couple of pe crazy people in the past taking blocks of 10, or just blocks of five, hiding them in a, uh, a unit of, of Moon Clan stabbers, releasing them either to deny a charge and potentially a battle tactic, or uh, you know teleporting them, releasing them. They're a six-inch charge and um, tap into to the the Loon Shrine, bringing them back through the King's Gates. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to see. What I like about the Gits book is I think by now you've seen a lot of units in the book have their uh, moment under the sun. Like when it started out, you know, it was quick spam. You've seen trolls with uh, bounders. Uh, now we're seeing the, the Loon Smashers. We're seeing the Gobblepalooza. Like everything in the book has had its place in the meta. Uh, the Loon Smasher, you see a lot also. They're, they're great uh, OBR, anti-OBR tech. Uh, Matthew told me about that. Meth Mellow was playing them. Uh, I think their Gobblepalooza should probably be 25. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's, just, that's an error. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. But I, I was, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, 26, 26 Gobblepalooza. But like Gobblepalooza have been going in and out of lists, but I think they're really good. Uh, the, the buffs they bring, and it's, it's, it's uh, five models on an objective again. Um, they don't take up a leader slot. So um, for your battle regiment or whatever you want to play. So um, yeah, and then the Cruel Boys Monster Killers uh, surprised me. Can I make two other callouts? Sure. First off, I want to shout out. Uh, I think let me just quickly double check this. I want to shout out the Mad Lad uh, Gabriel uh, Kobag. Apologies for for not saying your your last <laughs> name correct. Took the the Gorgia more pack. So the only person to take the brand new unit of the Gorgias, which very curious to see how they perform for yeah. you. The other mad lad, the maddest of the lads, is uh, Lewis Swan coming from UK, bringing a Kragnos. Kragnos yeah. Oh, there is one. Kiss. Okay. There is a Kragnos in a meet. Oh, with pirates. So, uh, I haven't. I haven't got the list up. I'm, I'm just looking at the, yeah. the, the, the micro. So this is going to slingshot tyrants with four ups to do mortal wounds. Yeah, that's going to be very funny. Well, you do see there's like uh what is that? It is eight eight big names there for your um for your yeah. ogre tyrants. So five yeah. being your your brawler guts, three on your death cheaters. Um, yeah, I can see that it might be so. There is there is five tyrants, so uh, that might be the, the the build. Yeah, that's 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 funny indeed. Uh, Snarlfang riders, you don't see a lot, but it does make sense because they're a very cheap, fast screen. Um, I believe they're in Joran's list at the top of my head. Um, Joran, actually, for the people who don't know, uh, you're, you were talking about Gitz winning the tournament. Joran has won AOS World Singles two years in a row right now. Um, so if anyone's taking out Worlds with Gitz, he has a big chance of doing it. He is, his list is a little different from other lists, with bringing, I believe, the, uh, the Snarlfang Riders. It is, um, it is Euron, by the way. I've just checked in both of yeah. the ten. So two units of five, both coming from Euron. I uh, I would have imagined for for me I play that role in Spider Riders and I know there is sure. a, a unit of Spider Riders but um, I can't wait to see what the Snarlfang. Look at the six inch pylon. No, that's River Snarlfang. That's 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 the other unit. That's the River Snarlfang. Just fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The the original Underworld Warband. I'm thinking. Yeah, of. We, yeah. We, oh, talking about stuff you won't be able to buy. Uh... <laughs> Maybe they re-release them one day. But like his list is very interesting. He's also bringing the spore splatters, um, two times ten bounders, and just I just looked it up. Thirty bounders actually in his list. So um, yeah, yeah, very curious to see how that's gonna go. And apart from that, like I said, uh, the monster killers, I the gorger mob pack, uh, pretty pretty basic stuff. Like there's a lot of gut rippers, um, and a lot of noblars. But yeah, I think the top, you know, the stabbers, the bounders, the, the core grunters, the brutes, kind of makes sense. Uh, we're missing this wicker. Yeah, they're not any squicker, are there? 
Like zero? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think well, so. That's uh, well, I, poof. I'm looking at so so th these are the unit selections you've got, and yeah. this is not mod. This is just okay. So you've got your uh, your stabber. So outside of this list, so we finish it. Gorgia, the gorgeous, right? Uh, yeah, but they're five... already five, so we're already talking. No, no, about no, no, five. no, 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 no. I'm, I'm looking oh. under it, right? So under oh. that, you've got uh, five spider riders, uh, three fellwater rock guts, so fellwater trogoths, uh, one of the more grunters, and uh, one of the the single gorgeous. So I don't have any squeak herd. So those, yeah, those wow. uh, the squeak, the squeak boss with the gnashing jaw squeak would be to boost yep. the uh, the the Boingrop bounders yeah you're the right there, there is there's there's no one taking squig herd which again surprises me i would have expected yeah. at least one person to take even a unit of 24. yeah i've i faced 36 quicker with a whole frost last last weekend and it's mental i believe they did like 72 damage to one of my gargans uh um, yeah. Yeah. Even even before Hallfrost, I would I sure. Would yeah, of like, course, no, of course. I, like I would run thirty six Squig Herd, and I would lift twenty Chaos Warriors with the Nurgle banner. Yeah, bye bye. Like it, it's not hard. Anyway, we're, we're kind of spending too much time. We've yeah. both got to go. We've got yeah, one, sure, one sure. again. Very excited, very curious. If you're a destruction person, you are already a winner in my eyes. Yeah, this is your meta. Uh, I love destruction. I started off as, a, as an order person. I'm now destruction, <laughs> which then leads us to the last of them, and that is order. So who is the representation? Uh, we mentioned earlier new cities is not in play. So uh, anyone who brought old cities would have to use, so would have to use old cities, and there is no old cities. Um, probably not a surprise for either of us unless someone was fighting for best in faction, and that would have been a very easy, that would have been an easy <laughs> win. Um, what else have you got? So you've got two Daughters of Cain, one Drake Geneth, one Calibron, uh, four Ibneth Deepkin, uh, three being Futhan, and one being Dom Hain. You've got four KO. Uh, I, yep, we've got Barak Nar, Barak Morna, Marek Zon, and then one from the new uh, Expeditionary Force. Yeah, after, after it's been changed. Yeah. Three Lumineth, one from Eumetrica, two from Zytrek. Uh, seven Seraphon, six being Fangs of Sotek, one being Kotal's Claw, two Stormcast Eternals, one being Hallowed Knight, one being Knight's Excelsior, and then six Sylvaneth being Null Root, uh, one Harvestboon, one Hardwood, four. So outside of cities not being represented, no, so oh, actually, there's another surprise, yeah, no Fire Slayers. I mean, it's not a super popular faction, and they've been dropping off a bit. So maybe for the World Championship, it kind of makes sense. I would expect them at a different... Like, if I, there's a normal, like, 90-person GT, I would probably expect one of them, at least. But maybe for well, the last World Championship, year, Last year, Richie took them to the finals, didn't he? And Richie played them at the, the US finals last year. Because uh, I'm pretty sure I interviewed him after after it. Oh, I'm could pretty, be. I think so. But they were yeah, in a very different position last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the with the rally not being uh, limited, so and uh, the and the new Dawnbringer stuff for Fire Slayers hasn't really shifted the needle for them. So it's not like they've cracked the code like um, the Suns, right? No, no. And the new the new army for now is it legal? I believe at this tournament. So um, uh, no, because it was book three. So that yeah, yeah, it would only just be the new hero. Yeah. So they haven't really been influenced a lot. Um, so yeah, those two. Uh, well, I. 
I don't want to say surprising, but it's a shame not seeing any fireflies. Like cities, I expected not to be one, and except one one mad lad was going to try and be uh, the best in faction. But then I'm not. I don't even know what's meta for the old cities book. Like what would have been what you're bringing? No, I no clue at all. You could go if I was going to build, I probably would go. I could lean into the magic right and go Hollow Heart. Uh, sure. I could go into like some of the the movement shenanigans of Mist Harven. Um, there's probably like, despite what people put into best coast pairing, like the, the, the five and defenders, uh, which is not <laughs> yeah. and there could be some interesting play with the old settlers gain with the Lumineth one in every four, but regardless, no cities. So, um, nope. let, let's stop talking about them and yep. really the new battle tomes already out. So they don't exist anymore. It's now nope, all no, new no, cities. No. correct. So no Fire Slayers, which is partially surprising, partially not. No cities, uh, no surprise at all. Anything that kind of stands out for you, like Fangs of Sotek dominating there with six of the seven. Yeah. Uh, well, Futhan dominating from IDK. Uh, Heartwood dominating for Seraph. I, I probably didn't expect as many Sylvaneth players, to be honest. Like, I expected their representation, but I would have thought Sylvaneth might be, I don't know, not six, maybe four. Sure, yeah. I wouldn't expect more Sylvaneth than, for example, big wall players. Uh, for, that's for sure. Mm. Um, I think... Uh, I, I, I would have expected more if uh, Belfanos would be legal, because I was literally army completely. Uh, I was literally going to say if Belfanos was in there, yeah. I would expect 6 out of 6, but like, yeah, he's yeah, not. No, I agree. I think the things that stand out most to me is... Um, the sharks, obviously, we're going to see a lot of sharks panelists, or a lot of sharks panelists. But all the like, I think three out of the four daughters of Cain are shark spam, and then the other one is, uh, I believe, uh, elves. Elf spam. Uh, sorry, you mean Ideneth Deepkin? Sorry, Ideneth. What did I say? Not you said daughters of Cain. I'm like, oh, no sorry, no, I meant Ideneth. No, sorry, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. All those elves, you know. No, but like shark spam for Ideneth, uh, I think uh, we've seen them on the up, but seeing. Yeah three of them is uh is something i'm not sure if it's a good thing uh for the game but uh well it's yeah, gonna we'll be see. interesting because as i mentioned aaron and john two really good Ideneth players are in the same pool so there is a likelihood yep. that we could have a mirror match in the 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 five games of the group so see who the real king is let's king see it could be it could be interesting it could be very yeah, interesting yeah. Definitely. And then for Daughters of Cain, you see uh, uh, Spiros, the Belgium uh, captain, taking Daughters of Cain like he, he does a lot of the times. And so there's one, um, I believe it's Witch Elf or Sister of Slaughter Spam. And then there's one uh, traditional um, Snake Lady uh, list. So, yeah, no real surprises there. I mean, like Daughters of Cain can still easily score 25 or 28 points every game. The problem is... Um, they they're just a little bit squishy, a little, um, so they don't always make it to turn five. But you know they're they can outscore you pretty easily if you if you don't pay attention. Um, yeah, Spiros definitely. has a unit of thirty, so there's seventy witch elves. Yeah. Um, jumping ahead a little, um, yeah. There's seven there's seventy witch elves, but like most of them are taking them in units of ten. Uh, except Spiros also has a unit of thirty in his Calibron right. as well. So. Uh, if they're double blades, I can't remember if they're double blades or blade and shield, but double blades with a high gladiatrix that just does an incredible amount of damage. Yeah, let's see. I'm just checking real quick. They are pair, yeah, double blades. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. you put a yeah, high gladiatrix on them. Have mine razor happens that go on them. Um, like, but you slingshot that unit and yeah, yeah. Rally. 
you're taking something down definitely uh and and one thing i also wanted to point out for people that might be interested is uh you don't see a lot of lumineth lately do well but there's been uh the the rune of centoy build is is on the up a lot so uh let me triple check who's playing it i think it's a yeah um Okay, I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, Ivarist Moret is playing that that certain build that you've been seeing a lot lately, where you can up your list to plus two to plus three to unbind. So you're playing the denial game instead of being in the great casting army that you know we traditionally saw Lumineth as. So I'm I'm very per I'm ver personally very interested in how that army is going to perform. That specific list is going to perform. Well, two of the three lists from Lumineth are coming from France. So both Nicholas yep. and Avaris, uh, whatever you just said, apologies, apologies there. <laughs> um, uh, they both come from France. So, uh, and, and I know that they do incredibly well in the world yep. scene. Uh, I've seen them put a lot of reps and practice in and they're very committed. So, um, and I did do a recent video and revisiting Lumineth. So I think, you know, outside of like the world of Techless and where Techless is no longer an auto-include, um people are starting to crack the code with lumineth which is which is very exciting and uh and uh, again i'll be curious to see how they play it out but from some yep. of the, the top choices command trait is lord of the celestial uh resonance and shaman of the shield land uh war singers wall popping up uh which is which is neat your artifacts arcane tome space fold stave vesperal gem uh battle regiment are uh, antorian acolytes and warlord uh, sixty-eight percent, you know, of the choices coming in for Battle Reg again, someone yeah. who values a, a low drop. Spellcasting Savant and the Creeping Glued Tide being popular grand strats. Uh, your spells, Blizzard, uh, Verdant Blessing, although that doesn't really count. Same as like Speed of Hish, that doesn't really count. Uh, <laughs> Speed of Hawachi, Hawfrost, Comet's Call, uh, Comet's Call being very popular, no surprise. Yeah, the hero sniping wonderful spell that it is uh <laughs> hive you know don't leave a sylvan f list without it your blessed weapons and translocate there's only two spell there's only two priests i think in the army uh the storm casts so um popular there what else army lists uh, 1970 or uh, higher and then inspired being really popular yeah yeah i think no real surprises, uh, you know. Seraphon being one of the most popular order armies, who who would have known? Uh, I like I've 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 started playing about three years ago, three three years ago Warhammer. Uh, I yeah I I've not had a situation except for maybe last January February two months where Seraphon wasn't like one of the top uh, most popular armies. So it's uh, reflecting again here. The other part, and probably the one that I'm most interested in with order is like where the unit selection is coming from, right? And, you know, you can see here there's a very specific archetype with Seraphon, you know, the Skink Sarsia, the Slan Starmaster, the Ashleth Bearer, Lord Croak, and the Skink Star Priest, all top five, all coming from one faction. So um, very, very dominant there. Your chemist coming in for KO. The Vexilor bomb is back. Uh, the Knight Vexilor being able to just pick a point of the battle once per battle, mortal wound. So uh, yeah. spread out those Antorian acolytes that you might be hiding. Uh, what else? What else in there? Bloodwreck Medusa. I think Eliana, the uh, the twins, uh, super fascinating choice there. And there we, we got another. We got some goddesses. We've got Alariel and Rathi, both 
Malarial and Marathi are both uh, representing with two selections each. So two Daughters yep. of Cain, two Marathis, um, six, six Sylvaneth, uh, two Alarials. Yeah, I um, I think yeah, uh, I think Alarial probably. If you look at a god and their faction, Alarial and Barathe are probably the most popular ones. Like you see Archeon sometimes, or you know Cragnos, but they're I I think the they take get taken much less than Alaria or Morathi are in their respective armies. Um, you know the Tidecaster being up here is a little bit surprising. Um, Alania, you see popping up a lot more you've i've also seen her as an ally in some other armies because of the teleport and you know the the, the damage that ramps up during the game so very curious to see how that they will go uh well trog bomb not existing anymore but there's still two trucks there um yeah i i think apart from the tidecaster which if you'd given me a list to fill in before this tournament before the list came in i would not have the tidecaster in this list but other than and maybe the vexilor because uh, you see, a, the Stormcast lists are so varied that I might not have expected Vexlor spam, even though it's you know it's it's a meta pick. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. A couple of other things that are not on this list is uh, we have one Gotrek, and we um, have one Severeth. Yeah, also in the and we also build. and we also have the uh, the farewell tour for the Battle Mage uh, with Wildform. <laughs> So we got one one battle mage from wild form and it's not in sylvaneth it's hiding in oh. idk it's in idk oh okay wow wow so, so uh the, the the farewell tour to the battle mage he clearly is in the new book but it's a very different set of rules yeah. so yeah. he might be going into retirement for a while yeah at least as an ally yeah uh otherwise from your know, unit selection skinks no surprise uh, just because they're just so such a popular choice for for your Seraphon, uh, the Blood Thirsty, Thirsty Shiver Alapexes we already talked about twenty seven of them, a crazy amount. Uh, what else? I, I think for me, probably the other thing is how many Kurnoth Hunters there are. You know, being uh, eighteen with uh, great swords and eighteen with bows, and then remembering that Alariel can summon some as well if they, uh, you know, that that is their choice. Um, maybe a couple of other call-outs. As I mentioned, the Annihilators. There's a, a yep. bunch of Annihilators. And the Raptor on Charges, I, I see a lot of them being summoned, but very rarely actually put on the table. But here we are, Raptor on Charges becoming a popular choice in lists. Yeah, Kodos Claw uh, sees them run a lot. Um, I think uh, the the um, uh, the rising popularity of Blade Lords is noteworthy. Uh, you yes. didn't see them a whole lot before um and yeah like the sharks it's just yeah that's the most standout thing like you mentioned the sharks uh here and probably maybe even the thralls but i guess yeah it's 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 sharks it's sharks the most standout thing here is the sharks also big love to uh mike stewart john anderson jason wang and aaron newbomb who all took a uh a leviathan turtle so there are four oh. turtles there are there are four ninja turtles so each of them have to take one of them and if you were you were real real idk players you'd all have a ninja turtle bandana to right. represent uh who is leonardo who's Raphael, you know who's michelangelo um but that's that's super neat. Other than that, like you know, the reaping and the dwindling being popular, uh, the reverberating carapace being a popular mount trait, and a couple of the KO amendments kind of standing out more than others. But 
Um, again, as you mentioned, you're right, um, the, the Blade Lords are rising in popularity. I guess I didn't mention that because it was actually a part of the discussion I had with Luminec recently, but you're right, it's kind of risen in popularity. Uh, not as many of the uh, Sentinels, or unless I'm, unless I'm blind. No. I'm no, not seeing a lot of sensors. in the water currently in the meta, yeah. yeah. Shout out yeah. to the dryads as well up there. Little, little old humble dryads. There's 40 of them. Well, there's going to be more because Alaria might, you know, might summon them as well. So, uh... yeah. And if there's a Lady of Vines, she might summon them too. Is there a Lady of Vines? Uh, I think there might be one. I think oh, there really? might be uh maybe. Let me have a look. Let me have a quick look. Put me on the spot, man. You're embarrassing <laughs> me in front of, embarrassing me in front of my people. Yeah, there is one there's one Lady of Vines, there's also okay. one there's also one God of Steel Soul, there's one Avalonor, uh yeah, there's yeah, one yeah. Eidolon of Mathlan aspect of the storm. Um there's also shout out to who's this person? Uh shout out to uh Alexis Hell Hairbrick, um, who's taking Indrasa. Oof. There's a spicy little cool. pick. Yeah, we. What I just realized, there are not a lot of dragons. There's no. And I, I was actually just thinking, if this was Dawnbringers three, would people take dragons? Probably not the sub faction, but at least would they be taking their dragon priest? Uh, and I think the short answer is yes. Yes, they would. Yeah, yeah. Belthanos and the dragon priest would probably be in here somewhere. Very, very popular choices, and obviously cities as well. But um, that's all the data, and that's all the stats. And um, maybe kind of wrap it up. And uh, again, I've got to go to bed. You've got to go spend time with the family. <laughs> I'm literally, if you're watching this, I'm probably on a plane. I'm actually going to plan to release it when I'm literally flying over to your your country in America. Um, is, is there anything that you kind of want to say? Final, you know, anything that you're most excited about, or anything that you know you'd want to say to the peeps to to, to bring it home. Right. So the mo thing I'm most excited about is actually that, uh, you know, I do Worlds, so I see a lot of the European players and US players and Australia players once per year. And now having the opportunity to see them again next week, you know, and then seeing you and seeing Gareth and the rest of the team, uh, obviously that's, that's I'm like secretly, and I'm like, I love Warhammer, but that's the part I'm most uh, excited about because in the end, Warhammer 3 is just one big social party uh, that also happens to have models killing each other on the table. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. I'm excited to see the off-meta picks, how they're going to do. Um, and yeah, in general, uh, I've actually, because I'm from Europe, I've never been to an actual GW event as well. So I'm very curious to see, you know, how that's different from events we do here. Um, yeah, so um, very excited overall, as you can uh, probably tell. Yeah, I'm actually very similar to you. I've actually never been to a GW event. So I think you, myself, uh, both being independent TOs coming to the event, I think we can teach them some things. But yes. equally, I think we can learn yep. some things. And um, the I guess, you know, I can come back to Australia and impart some of the wisdom that I have learned. And again, as I've, I've said all the time, high tide lifts all boats and yep. kind of understand, you know, and hopefully, right. you know, we, we, we can... <laughs> I tied bring sharks, but hopefully we can influence them so we can share some of the things that we think work better. And I know there's been, I don't want to get into this, but I, you know, this morning I woke up and I saw a discussion around their note being chess clocks. And yeah. for some people, you know, that's a real issue. Um, for other people, look, they're proficient and they, they don't, they're not concerned about someone taking up more time than others. And I don't think anyone's built a list to naturally take up more of the clock, even if they did. Uh, but 
you know, if we if it comes to that or there's improvements that, you know, we can make that suggestion based off our observations. But this is the first of the, the, the technically the, the World Championships of Warhammer. It seems like it's here to stay. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it growing and, and meeting everyone either for the first time or, or reconnecting since the last time I saw them. I know I've already got a gym session set up with Chuck Moore that, you know, we we caught up at a depth <laughs> many years ago, the the Battle of the Pop Stars, where my Britney cool. Spears defeated his ta uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, so Britney is clearly the goddess of pop. Uh, but we're going to have a gym session, and there'll be stuff that happens outside of the tournament. I know I'm going to the NBA, and we're going to the NBA. Yeah. We're going to watch Together, some basketball. Yeah. And it's all the other things that happen outside of the tournament. So even if you're not going to the world championships i think you know for people who are on the fence or never been to a tournament i think it's it's less oh, yeah. about the war dollies it's less about you know going five and oh it's a whole social aspect and people put trivias on and all the, the lunch discussions and all the things that happen around it make tournaments a wonderful experience and yeah you you win some games you lose some games but you, you build connections and, yeah, and you know, you, the next friend. event you come to you you know hey we had a chat before hey i'm, I'm less intimidated to talk to you because we've, we've we've built some rapport over time yeah 100 perfect uh yeah perfect points if people want to chat to you more um where can they find you right so you can find me on twitter you can either look for my name or look for alliance open tom um, if you are interested in one of our events, you could look at the AllianceArmory.net. Uh, we have a big cheat in February for people in Europe or people outside of Europe that want to fly in. Uh, and for Airways Worlds, it's just airwasworlds.com. I think that's the most important one because, uh, you know, the, the team pack is out now. Uh, we've made terrain maps. So if you want to play with terrain maps in your local tournaments or just at your local table, you can grab the world's terrain maps from there. Uh, but yeah. The easiest way uh, is on Twitter for or X. I have to say, I have to say X uh, for as long as it exists, because everyone's constantly shouting that X is gonna disappear soon or whatever. But we'll see. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Musk is gonna double down on it. But uh, look, I yeah, I'm really excited. Hopefully, one day I get to come to Worlds and represent Malta, which is where I want to represent. One day I'll I'll bring my tiny little island country up and we'll claim victory for. Uh, you know, we, we did it in the World War II with, you know, the, the St. Julian um, and the, the, the St. George's Cross. We'll do it again at Worlds. <laughs> rally my little island country. But, Tom, I can't wait to see you in a couple of days. If you yeah. are at Atlanta, um, come say hello. If you are in the local area and you don't have an invitation, you are able to come over and actually watch the games and meet people. So feel free to come over to it's actually not no cost so you can come walk around just obviously be respectful of the players and uh don't bother them too much especially during the game but come come check it out and if you are not in atlanta uh go check out your own tournament go find out what's happening in your local scene and uh, i'm sure there'll be a lot of similar experiences but tom i'm gonna go to bed i've got a flight in the morning you go spend time with your family hope everyone enjoyed that preview and uh there will be a, uh, a wrap-up show. We'll do a recap. I'll probably get the Aussies on the line. Cool. So when we get back from Australia, I'll get, you know, uh, Tom Oliver and, and Joel and uh, Joel. David and Mitch. And we'll get we'll get, we'll get get the Aussies and Henry. Um, uh, we'll get all the Aussies on or as many as available. And we'll do a recap. We'll have some videos. I'll uh, keep, keep an eye on my, my – I might post some videos in the event as well. Who knows? Keep keep an eye on my social in addition to Twitch, uh, Twitch and walk on. 
All right, Great. let's go to bed. Go see family. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, leave a comment in the comment section which faction you think is going to win it. Or the player, if you want to shout out your friend or your your, your comrades, tell us who, who it is. If not, tell us which faction you think and why in the comment section. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Tom. And uh, I'll right. see you Thank all you. in the Bye. Thanks for hanging around until the end. I hope you enjoyed that video and you walked away with a few new ideas. Now, if you did, I would love it if you press like on the video, as well as left me a comment with your thoughts. The conversation will continue over on Discord, and the link is down below in the episode description. I also want to give a massive shout out to the AOS Coach patrons and YouTube members who are supporting the channel and the growth that you're seeing here. So cheers, you are all bloody legends. And until next time, don't roll a double one on a spellcast.